Welcome to our second behind-the-scenes episode of Focus Fire Chat. This is your host, Blue Crew 86. Alongside me, we have Justin Sane 0516. Hello. And in the seat of honor for this episode, we're joined by our good friend Mel, known to many as Wind of the Stars. Mel, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing pretty well. Wonderful. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Wednesday at around 10 p.m. Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. The the behind-the-scenes series that we've started is a way for us to step out of the world of game lore and talk about other aspects of the community that we're so proud to be a part of. This episode is going to be dedicated to cosplay. We actually asked our chat at the beginning of, well, when we decided that we were going to do cosplay, we asked our chat to kind of start compiling lists of questions that they'd always wondered about and had never had a chance to either ask a cosplayer or, you know, whenever they, whenever most people interact with cosplayers, it's at a convention or it's, you know, in a public interaction style. And so they don't really have time to really get down and, you know, ask deep questions. It's more of, Hey, that's really cool. You know, costume or, you know, can I take your picture, you know, or that, that level. So we, in the similar vein of what we did with the voice acting with Morla, we kind of are going to approach that with these behind the scenes stuff with everything that we kind of choose on doing. So, and Mel, Mel volunteered and was amiable to being put in the hot seat for everything. So we really appreciate that. And I guess we'll just dive right in. You know, the first question everyone everyone always wants to know is, how did you first get into cosplay or, or prop making? Oh, boy. You want the long version or the short version? <laughs> yeah, I like the long version. <laughs> All right. Um, well, like most people, most of us kind of started watching, like, anime or something like that when we were younger. I started watching anime when I was, like... 12 13 or so uh and it was one of those times where it kind of came in at a part of you know my life where it was not so great so i really latched onto it and i got into watching sailor moon and then like dragon ball and uh like tenchi tenchi muyo and like outlaw star and stuff like that a little bit later and um i always liked it and i had dressed up as sailor moon for halloween multiple years when i was like you know pretty young um so when I got older and I got to college, I went to university, I kind of wanted to like learn more about anime, get exposed to it more. And I thought that would be a good place to do that because um, I live in a small town. So there's not a lot of options to like go find out information about it, you know? And so like, yeah. And the internet was kind of in of its infancy during this time. So it wasn't like I could just get on Google or like I can just, you know, load a Crunchyroll or something like that or hop on Netflix. Like those, those things didn't exist back then. Um, friends would basically make copies of VHSs and pass them off to each other, or they would get, um, 
the actual Japanese version of the of of the, the show and then like okay here you go like here you can watch it and there's fan subs on it so that means like some random fan decided to put their own translation <laughs> on these VHS copies so it was it was very archaic in the way that we used to do it and um so when I got to college, that was one of my one of the reasons why I really wanted to get into it. I I knew there was this whole entire world of of anime that I had no idea about. Um, <clears throat> and so the club that I joined was like the Anime Among Us Society at, at UNR um, University of Nevada Reno, and they every year they held an event um, where they encouraged the members of the club to dress up or cosplay. And at the time, I had no clue what that was. I'm like what you do what so like halloween and then i no 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 like cosplay <laughs> and so i went home and i looked it up on the internet and i found out like this is a whole entire subculture of people who actually dress up as their favorite characters from at the time it was mainly anime um it was still very much there was still a very much clear divide between like oh, there was anime cosplayers, there was video game cosplayers, there's the Trekkie people, and then there's like the Comic-Con people. Like mm -hmm. now it's much more mellow together. Like you'll see a bunch of stuff for at any convention, you know, it doesn't really matter. But, you know, at the time to me, it felt very segregated. So, um, but I was like, okay, well, that's kind of cool. I, I want to dress up and was my favorite character. And I had no idea how to sew. Um, I've always been kind of an artistic person to begin with. So I would like paint and draw or, you know, whatever at the time I was into. And, but my mom knew how to sew because for years, back to the same moon costumes when I was a little girl, she used to make Halloween costumes for me and I would enter into competitions with my Halloween costumes and stuff like that. So I knew she knew how to sew. And so I, I picked out a character and this was at the time when like Soul Calibur 2 was like the game to play. Like everyone was playing Soul Calibur 2 and I had just gotten a PlayStation and I was in love with that game. I loved it. And my hair was short and blonde at the time because wigs didn't exist really back then. Like you didn't know to buy a wig. And if you did find a wig, like you're going to be paying an absorbent amount of money for something that was really, really crappy. And so like, Oh, well, I don't have to do anything. My hair looks like her, you know, like, you know, I, my eyes are blue. So I look like, I look like Cassandra from Soul Calibur. And so, and I love the game and everything like that. So I, I told my mom, I was like, mom, I want to do this. Like, can you help me? And she's like, uh, I guess, <laughs> you know, like, you're like, what do you, t what do you say to your like 18 year old daughter who likes video games and anime and it comes to like, Hey mom, can you help me make this costume? Like for this, like totally like geeky anime nerd party we have in October. Like, can you help me do that? Like, that's, <laughs> can you just imagine that? Like, you know, like 10, 12 years ago, you know, back in the, in the early 2000s. So Bless my mom. She was like, yeah, sure, I'll help you. And so she she helped me make most of the dress. And like I made the other bits like my I I took a pizza pan and I just painted it with acrylic paints and throw some clay on it. And that was my shield. Um, since it was around Halloween, they had all those Halloween stores out. So I went and got like a little sword that looked something like hers, you know. Um, I got like secondhand boots from some like Goodwill store that were kind of white in color like hers. The armor on her arm, I just took craft foam and painted it. Like I didn't even have paint paint at the time. I just used like shoe polish 
because that's all I had. So I used shoe polish and like I had like some silver paint or something left over. And I, I kind of, and I, I remember sitting down like for her collar sash thing. I didn't know what to do. So I just kind of like drew out what I thought the shape would be and just kind of just YOLO'd it. <laughs> and, it, and, and, <laughs> It was, it was, when you look at it now, it's bad. It's really bad. But at the time it was, I had so much fun. So I, and I made, so I, I made this, my mom helped me. She did, she did a lot of the sewing because obviously I didn't know how to sew. And, uh, I went to the party to the event that the anime manga club had on and I had so much fun and there were other people dressed up and, you know, people who were taking pictures and we were watching anime and playing games and, and they had like Walden books this is this is how arcade this is Walden Books was the sponsor. So they came and had a table set up and they had a bunch of manga there and like some like figures and like other anime merchandise. And then the club would contact at the time, um, it was like ADV and um, a bunch of other anime companies that are no longer around. Um, and they would send us like freebie stuff, you know, like bookmarks or DVD, like preview DVDs or one episode DVDs. And, and then so people would get those. And it was just, it was great. I had a so much fun. And when you look at back and now, it looks entirely ghetto. Like the whole <laughs> entire experience. Like when you compare it to something like all the conventions you see now, like you just like, wow, you had fun doing that. But yeah, at the time, like when that was your first experience and you never had anything like that and you never knew there was a community of people in your area that like that stuff and like like the same geeky things you have. It was it was so cool to, to to know that was there and that exists. Um, and then afterwards, I went back online to, to, to try to like research more about cosplay and stuff. And that's when I found about like cosplay.com and stuff. And I found out there's these magical things called conventions. And oh. I was like, whoa, you mean there's like three day events where people go and they just like dress up and play video games and watch anime and like what my mind was blown my mind was blown so i found the closest convention to me at the time which was in san francisco it was WonderCon 2000 something i don't know 2006 maybe i don't know somewhere around there um and i decided i want to go to it um but i couldn't go and so i waited a couple years so i i made my first costume in 2004 which was at cassandra and i didn't go to the convention until 2006 so during that time i kind of just like made like started like making stuff and just kind of started getting a lot involved like in the online community and stuff because i was in college i was 18 19 years old i didn't have a lot of money so it was and, like i couldn't I couldn't really justify being able to go to like San Francisco, which is four hours away from where I live to go to a convention, go stay in a hotel. Like, you know, mm -hmm. being as an only child and my parents were like kind of sheltered me a lot. So like, to me, like that was just like, Holy crap. I can't do that. Like, how do you even do that? You know, like these world, like now I'm like, Oh, whatever. I'll fly to Dubai. It doesn't matter. I'm by myself. I don't care. But like at the time, you know, it's just kind of like this mind blowing, like new experience, so much going on. And so I saved and I kind of got more familiar with like making costumes and stuff. I made a couple more costumes in those two years. Um, I made like a Sailor Moon costume. I started to learn how to sew. Um, and I would just go do photo shoots and stuff. Like I would, my boyfriend at the time, like, hey, we bought like this really cheapy digital camera that had like, <clears throat> I don't know, like five megapixel camera or something like that. It was, it was awful. 
And we went out to the park and would do photos and stuff like that. And I would post them online on Cosmo.com or DVNR or LiveJournal or something like that or MySpace and uh, started talking to people and whatnot online just very vaguely because this is I was also into like Halo 1 online mm-hmm. gaming era too so i would talk to nice. a bunch of people from playing halo and stuff and uh, eventually i went to that WonderCon that i had first found out about and, uh, and that was in 2006 and then and then it just snowballed then i, I actually met people face to face that do cosplay on a regular basis not just like once or twice a year people who are like oh yeah i go to like four or five conventions a year because they live in san francisco you know so and I would we exchanged information and since I was already familiar with like cosmo.com and live journal, like, Oh, okay. I'll add you on those, you know? And so I started making real life friends that were cosplayers and we had the same interest I had. And then they're like, Hey, do you want to cosplay this? I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. I want to cosplay that. And so it just, it just snowballed. And we, in the community we call, I, I don't know if it's a, a whole community wide, but within the West coast, we call it cosplay bunnies. So, you know, like how like one, one bunny meets another bunny and then they like, will make a bunch of more bunnies, which causes more bunnies. So that's same thing happens with kind of cosplayers. And when they get together and like, Hey, you want to make that? Oh man. Yeah. Let's make that. Oh man. We want to make that. Yeah. Let's make that. That sounds like so much fun. So like that started happening. It just snowballed. And then before I know it, like I started planning more costumes. I started planning to go to more conventions and, and then, and then here we are 2012 where we are 2016 (laughs) you know so it's it you know i'm 31 now so i mean i started when i was 18 that's that's quite a bit of time to to be cosplaying so um but yeah so that's that's the long version of how i got into cosplay (laughs) no that's i mean and that's and that's kind of i think that kind of leads into you know the the next usual question is you know if you could tell anyone new to cosplay you know if you, if you could talk to every single new per co- or new cosplayer mm-hmm. you know what what would you tell them you know you know have have you taught anybody like have you mentored anybody and or if you haven't what would you you know what would your advice mm-hmm. be to anybody who's you know really interested in getting into the cosplay um oh yeah i at this stage, I've mentored a lot of people. Um, I'm actually a part of um, Anime Expo, which is the largest anime convention in the United States. Um, I'm part of their program called the Cosplay Senpai Program. And a senpai, I don't know how much you guys are familiar with like anime, mm-hmm. but a senpai is someone, oh, yeah. it literally translates to upperclassmen. And the philosophy behind it is like, okay, here's this person who is seasoned, who has, you know, that knows what they're talking about. And they're here to t- teach their co-high, which is their underclassmen and kind of guide them and help them and, 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 you know, help them flourish. So I've been a part of that program um, since the inception in 2013, 13, 12, I don't know, somewhere around. That. I've been doing it for three, three years now. Um, dates really start to muddle together when, when you've been going for so long, for you going for 12 years, 11 years, something like that. Um, so I do that. I've helped a lot of friends here in town with their stuff. Um, Sarah, who um, was going to be on here tonight, but she unfortunately was sick today. Um, I've helped her a lot. She comes over and we just have like week long crafting sessions where I teach her how to do stuff or we're working on a project where we're both doing the same costume together. Like mm-hmm. we did the Makotes yeah, from Final yeah, Fantasy yeah. 14. 
yeah, so she came over and I would teach her like, okay, this is how you do this. And this is how you do this. So, um, and I do a lot of tutorials online and videos and just a lot. I really like teaching people how to become better crafters mm -hmm. in not, I mean, cosplay involves so many different types of skills that what I learned, I like to pass on what I know to people and like help them grow and make cool stuff. I just want people to make cool. Stuff. So, um, that's that's something that I, I really strive to do because to me the community is really really important and you know helping people learn cool like learn new techniques and stuff like that because you know when I see people who have a really cool costume I just want to go up to them like oh my god how are you doing like sometimes I'm really bad and I don't even make eye contact with them because I'm just staring at their costume and I'm like and I just like can I touch your costume and they go yes so I'm like okay good and I'm just like looking at the scenes and like seeing how they do things like oh my god this is so beautiful and I'm like Oh, by but the like, way, I'm I up here. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so, like, that's we joke like that's a cosplayer's handshake. Like, we don't actually ever really shake your hand. We're just like, oh, okay, yeah, hi. Looking at your costume and your hand. Can I touch your you wings? <laughs> yeah, amazing. right. Oh, what are these made out of? You know, you do the little soft touch on the wings, and and then another cosplayer. You know, because a lot of times when you're if you make your own stuff, you want people to say, how would you make this? Because mm -hmm. then you just like, oh, oh, let me tell you. You know, you get really excited that someone asked you, how would you go about this? Because you get to share your story about about this journey of making these crazy nine foot, you know, wingspan wings out of like your, you know, your 500 square foot apartment. Like those are always great stories. So, but, um, <clears throat> but for someone who wants to get into cosplay, I always tell them like, don't, don't fret like that, you know, like, oh, I need to make my costume or, you know, like people, it doesn't matter how you got your costume, whether you made it, you bought it, got it secondhand. I don't care. And most of the people in the community do not care either. As long as you go out and have fun, put that costume on, feel proud in it, feel, feel like that really, you know, badass character that you've always wanted to be. You know, like go out and be that that guardian from from Destiny, and walk around and have people just you know tip their hats to you and go guardian. You know, like it's just stuff like that. It just makes you go, wow, it's so cool. And it doesn't matter what your costume looks like. You know, just getting that experience and getting that interaction, and then you start making new friends, and then they you know they start feeding into it, and you'll just start meeting people and like growing your own personal network of people that you're like, wow, I wish I met you like 10 years ago type mm -hmm. of people. Um, so a lot of people these days, especially now that cosplay is becoming more quote unquote industry, they're just like, Oh, I want to go make money, which is all fine and good. Everyone wants to make money. I understand it, especially doing something that is something that you like. But I think number one thing is go and make sure you smell the roses while, you, while, while you're cosplaying, you know, enjoy mm -hmm. it, like have fun. As long as you're having fun, then you're, you're cosplaying. And that's the, and people say there's no right or way, right or wrong way to cosplay. And they're totally right. As long as you're having fun. So, but you know, like if they do want to want to work towards becoming better crafters of co you know, costumes and stuff like that. There's so many resources and stuff mm -hmm. out there, which I'm sure we're going to cover at some point. Yeah, actually, that that's <laughs> kind of the that's actually the next question was we had was ah. um did well there's there's a couple questions talking about like builds and methods, but you know the first one is did did you personally have any formal training that helped you? You know, like sewing, electrical, woodcraft, the um, ceramics, anything like that. 
And at first, oh, sorry. No, no, no. And I was just going to say, and if, if you did, or if you didn't, how, how necessary, you know, do you, do you think that is, you know, is this something you can just pick up or is this something that you probably should get for, you know, formal training for? Um, at first, no, I, I had no training. I mean, I knew how to paint and draw, but I mean, like I said, I've been doing like crafty things, art type of things since I was little. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if that automatically gives me kind of an advantage um, because I've already been doing that kind of stuff. But I think it personally, I, I, it doesn't matter as long as you, you have the critical thinking skills of thinking outside the box, Mm -hmm. you can create costumes. Like to me, I feel like that is the most necessary skill is thinking outside the box, not necessarily how well you can draw a straight line or how well you can thread a machine. Well, it kind of sounds Um, like a programmer. Like, you know, you have to, I mean, as long as you're open to learning from what your past mistakes or, you know, your past experiences and, you know, concatenating that experience with new experiences. Exactly. Um, and that's why I tell a lot of people all the time, I'm like they who get frustrated and like, oh, I try to make that and I ended I, I failed at it. I'm like, technically you never fail when you make costumes because mm-hmm. even if you tried something and it didn't work out how you planned to, now you know for future costumes, okay, that technique, that method does not work. I know not to try that this time, so I'm gonna try something else. So you'll eventually get to a point where on certain things that you do all the time, you know, this works, this works, this doesn't work, that doesn't work. And you kind of already have a game plan going into it. Like you don't have to spend so much time figuring something out. Like when you're first starting to cosplay, it's pretty difficult because you have a really high learning curve because everything you're doing is you're doing it for the first time. And so you're trying to learn how to do like what works for you, what doesn't work for you. But then after a while, you know, after you've, you've sewn a couple things, you've worked with, you know, foam or thermoplastics or whatever it may be, then you kind of get familiar with it. And then you start developing your own methods that work for you. So, um, so, yeah, I didn't really have any formal training. Um, I didn't get any quote unquote formal training, I guess you can say. I never took any classes or anything, if that's kind of what they're wondering. Um, eventually, after, God, I don't remember how many years it had been, maybe like six, seven years after I started cosplaying, um, I applied for a job as a seamstress. Um, and I worked as a tailor for, for quite a few years. Um, and during that time, she actually taught me how to do things quicker, um, how to do things more proficient. Um, and also just the fact that I was sewing every day for eight hours a day, you know, five days a week, I got a lot faster at sewing. So, and just taking things apart and putting them back together, you learn a lot. Mm -hmm. So that was literally, that was kind of only the only formal training I've ever had was just working under a, a seamstress that the tailoring. She didn't even make costumes. I mean, she did, she didn't make some stuff from scratch, but most of the stuff that we did at the shop was all alterations. And I mostly worked on like menswear and like some ladies wear and stuff like that and formal wear. So it wasn't like I took a class on how to sew for costumes or how to think outside the box or how to alter patterns or anything like that. So like, I just kind of learned what she has learned and she had no formal training either throughout her life. She just was always good at sewing and just, she just learned from other people, you know, that did alterations. So it was never like any formal stuff aside from just working at an alterations place for, for quite a few years. So. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, and that's kind of, I, I kind of feel like that would be an answer to that question, you know, not just for cosplay, but for, you know, Justin, you could probably back me up on this one, but I think that's kind of any, any hobby or even job really, you know, it sounds like as long as you have that, that drive to, to just constantly learn from, from your quote failures, even though they're not, you know, like mm-hmm. you said, they're not failures. They're just not pure success. Like they're all, it's always a learning mm-hmm. experience. I think that's right. kind of a, a really good, I don't know. I just, oh, I, no. I, I think whenever I'm teaching people how to do like report writing and, you know, database maintenance and stuff like that, that's exactly what I tell them too. It's like, you're going to mess up. Just, just get ready for that. It's going to happen. Everyone messes exactly. up. No, it exactly. is it is scientifically proven. You you learn more from your mistakes than from from the times you get it right because you can get something right on accident, but when mm-hmm. you make a mistake, it's it's a learning experience. So right, um, at least that's my life. But oh yeah, um, I mean yeah, it's, <laughs> it's exactly. Um, I actually no, go for it, go for it, go for it. I was actually wondering. Uh, so do people kind of? I, I know there might be some people who do it all, but do people kind of drift into little um, niches in the cosplay community? Like are there's, there's some people who do armor primarily or some people who do kind of like the work that you do, Mel, like seamstress type work. And mm-hmm. some people are really, really good at makeup or they're the most people try to be, you know, well-rounded and do a lot of a little bit of all of them. Um, it, it, it definitely varies from person to person. Um, me, I, I like learning as much as I can. I try to, and, and unfortunately now at this point in my life and my career, trying to wear all the hats is, is not working. So, um, but yes, there's definitely people out there that like all they do are armor cosplays or all they do is prop work or all they do is makeup um, or all they do is sewing stuff. And I can, I can think of perfect examples for each one um, like armor, like um, there's, there's a girl Kamui cosplay. She is known for her armor and she's actually written many books on how to make Warbla armor. Warbla is a thermoplastic that you can heat up and you can shape how, however you want. So, and so she's become, and since she's been writing books and doing, doing tutorials and video tutorials for years, she's been kind of become like the go-to on how, on how to learn how to use Warbla and how to make armor. Um, so so you can definitely say like, she falls in that category. Uh, my friend Bill from Punished Props, he, he makes foam armor. He makes crazy stuff out of foam. Like he makes destiny guns and he's done shacks and stuff. And that's all been out of foam. And then you wouldn't know it looking at it. So, and then he, he too has started writing books and has done videos and stuff like that. There's a lot of, um, prop guys, um, Vulpen props. Who's a big name within the prop community. He does, all he does is props. He doesn't do any sewing or anything like that. And he's made a bunch of props for like huge gaming companies um, and to have them on display at, you know, PAX or Gamescon or something along those lines. Um, and then there's sewing people like me. I'm primarily sewing. I do do armor, but I don't feel like my armor smithing skills are not the level of what I see other people do. Um Mostly because I don't have the patience for it because armor takes a lot of, a <laughs> lot of tedious time to do. And, and, and I feel personally for me, like, 
you see a lot of armor at cost at, at co- in like in cons and stuff like that. And I've gotten to the point like, okay, I've seen armor now. I want to see what other stuff people can do. You know, um, yeah. there's actually one of my friends um, that I met during Anime Expo. He was also cosplay senpai, and he makes the incredible gowns and perfectly fitting garments. And he makes He's a he's a male, but he crossplays. So he dress all his costume, almost not all of them, ninety percent of them I would say are all female. And so like he actually made Cinderella's gown from the new movie, and it was literally looks identical to the screen. Like the silhouette, the colors, the movement, everything was just perfect. You know, and like we're in him, you don't see him doing like armor or props or anything like that. But like he he works in the fashion industry and he you know, he works on gowns and wedding gowns for a living. So, I mean, there's definitely people who, you know, excel in one area and that's what they're known for. But there's also a lot of people like me who kind of just like do a little bit of everything, you know, like a jack of all trades, master of none type of thing, you know. So, but um, it just depends. I mean, you know, some people, there's also some some cosplayers who actually don't make anything at all they just like wearing costumes they commission a bunch of people to make them make stuff for them and they just enjoy you know being able to support people who can make this stuff and then wearing their creations you know and that's totally fine too so it 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 really just varies from person to person and like i said before there's no right or wrong way to to go about it so yeah so is it is it kind of not uh is it kind of commonplace for for a cosplayer who maybe like excel at, at one area, but they want to do a cosplay that incorporates um, elements from, say, armor to mm-hmm. <clears throat> sewing and and some of the other, and they say, "Hey, I want to commission an armor piece for this cosplay, and mm-hmm. I'm going to sew the the cloth portion, and then I'm going to get an armor piece from this." It, does that happen? Is there a lot of interchange within the community? Uh- Oh, yeah, especially now that it's becoming so much easier to get your information in your work seen, uh, thanks to mm-hmm. the Internet, like, you know, like Facebook, Instagram and, you know, a variety of other things. Like it's so much easier to communicate with people that are halfway across the world, you know, and like, hey, I like I like how you make stuff. Like, would you be willing? Like, can I commission you to make this this prop for me? And, you know, that you see that quite often. Um, I know a lot of my friends um, that are are um, a little that do a lot more shows. They often do that. They're like, "Hey, I'm going to go and I'm going to support this crafter, and I'm going to support this crafter and this crafter, and I'm going to make this part." You know, so it's not uncommon for to see people at at especially. I, I see a lot more actually with um, the bigger names in cosplay that they will they will commission people to make certain parts for them, and then they make you know, one, one part of it or a small part of it or half of it. It doesn't, you know, it, it really, again, it varies from person to person and from cosplay to cosplay. You yeah. Know? And I, th- so, I think um, that that's kind of a cool thing too, because especially like you said, with the bigger names, you know, and I, I know a couple names come to mind that do actually do that. And I've always kind of looked at it like that's kind of a way to give back, you know, cause everyone, mm-hmm. everyone started, from the ground you know well most most people started from the ground i don't know many in the cosplay realm yet who quote Mm -hmm. inherited you know or anything like that so like everyone everyone started pretty much from the ground and worked their way up and so it's a unique you know it's a very it's it, it reminds me a lot of like the streaming and you know video game 
the the guys who are playing video or the everyone who's playing video games for professionally you know everyone started at the same level and and they work their way up and now there's people you know and I, I i don't know it sounds weird saying that they're at the top but it it's like they're they're well known and so by by supporting a crafter or something like that they're kind of i've always kind of seen that as kind of them being like look this person's really good you need to you need to give them props too and it's kind mm-hmm. of like i've always that's and i don't know if that's what they're doing but that's kind of always the sense that i've gotten with that is that it's kind of a, a giving back to the community that they've been a part of mm-hmm. i i like to see it that way too um i don't know always know what people's motives are for commissioning right people, right but- yeah you know, like, I, I mean, sometimes, you know, like, hey, I can't make this at all. I'm just going to commission someone like I, fair, I, yeah, I that fair enough. Yeah, that I can see that happening um, pretty often. But I know there's quite a few people who do it specifically to give back to the community to go like, OK, this person who's who's an up and coming prop maker, I want to commission you to make this gun for me, mm-hmm. you know, so that way they can kind of like give them more exposure. So and I honestly wish I was at that level financially with what I do to like commission other people like, Hey, you make really cool stuff. Like, can you make this for me? So that way I can, we can, I can get, you know, get you some more business or something. Like I really wish I was at that point, you know, because then it also not only did it cuts down stress level for me, if I have a show, you know, because if I'm going to a convention and I'm, I'm, I'm working it, meaning I'm going there, I'm having a table, I'm doing panels and stuff like that. There's so much prep work before that, besides just like, making a costume like making the costume is so far down on that list before i prep for a show which, which honestly is like, like the most backwards way like you yeah, know we, very backwards. It, to me it's like really like i mean it but once you say like when you say it 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 makes sense like it does like when i hear it but it's not what i think when i'm looking at like cosplayers who you know have panels and stuff i'm like oh man they must have spent so much time on those costumes and it's mm-hmm. like no no, they they probably spent more time getting ready for the table and the panel and all the like that's yeah. Well, yeah, it it depends upon the costume. Like yes, sometimes, yeah. obviously, the costume is going to be a really labor intensive stuff. But a lot of the stuff I wear at conventions where I'm working, I I don't bring out the ones that are like crazy insane costumes because generally those are really either hard to wear for extended periods of time they're hard to walk in they're hard to move in you can't sit you can't eat you can't go to the bathroom your wig hurts it's the list goes on so a lot of times (laughs) if you see me at a convention the costume i'm wearing is because it's comfortable and i can wear it for 12 hours and i can go to the bathroom in it and i can no, that that actually stuff. was one of the questions that we had was, how does that work? Like, <laughs> we I, I, we could go further into that. It, it, it's it's I, there's some funny stories I could tell. <laughs> trying to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Let me just say, once you get when you get into cosplay, find someone that you have full trust in and you have no qualms with being naked in front of because there will be a point for which you will need that <laughs> you will need that trust you will need Everyone that trust should have that person uh, so funny story last last week not last this last week but the weekend before i was at super toy con with my good friend steph and we were doing the overwatch bunny suits you know mm-hmm. um so they're, they're like the playboard bunny outfits but they're overwatch you know mm-hmm. 
and she had to go to the bathroom and we put snaps and, and stuff in the crotch so we could, you know, bathroom. And, and she went to the bathroom and I hear, Hey Mel. And I'm like, yes. She's like, so, uh, how comfortable with you are you and getting close to my crotch? I'm like, I guess I'm fine with it. Why? What's up? She's like, I can't snap my crotch to my bunny suit. Can you do it, please? <laughs> oh, <laughs> so snap. like, and so literally. like you literally, you, I'm literally up in like all her business, <laughs> snapping and putting this stuff together. And then you know, like that's not the first time she's done it to me before, where I've had body suits where I couldn't snap the crotch, and she had to do it. You had to have someone do it for you. And you know, there's been times like I, I. I remember I was putting spray tanner on to kind of just like even out my skin because I was doing a kind of a skimpy costume. So I put the spray on nylons on as kind of like an airbrushing the skin. So all the skin looks nice. So I couldn't really wear like nylons or something with what I was wearing. Um, so I wanted to have that, but like since the top was skimpy, I had to like pretty much wear be topless and not have someone spray me so that way I, it would cover everything and so that was a little awkward moment too you know and it's kind of like so um can you do this for me <laughs> you're gonna have to see the girls on top i'm like i'm sorry but <laughs> i don't know another way to do this so if you have any ideas i'm open to suggestions you know so <laughs> i've so. i've actually done a spray tan before Mm-hmm. Which, if you've ever contemplated asking me to do a spray tan, just think. Because I approached it like I was staining a deck. <laughs> Dude, I was like, more is better. It'll last more years. You know, like this, the rain is going to no. beat off this and it's going to be awesome. But no, oh, no. You know, this person, I actually changed this person's ethnicity. And it was, it was not... <laughs> Oh it's man! Not a good thing. So maybe I'm not that cosplay, but maybe I'm more viewer. <laughs> maybe maybe you're more of an armor assistant, like this person yes. to help hold the armor yeah. and like I could hand you cod pieces and the like. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just... You are the cod critter honor. That is you, so Justin. Just I am the stand back. stand over there and don't touch anything, person. <laughs> So, I mean, and they, that actually kind of leads into the, the question of, like, the materials. Um, where where do you purchase materials? Um, pretty much anywhere you can think of. Like, I, I am at the point where anytime I go into any store, it doesn't matter if it's the grocery store. It doesn't matter if it's, I don't know, whatever. It doesn't matter where I'm at. If I'm walking around, I'm always having in the back of my mind what costume I'm working on. And if I'm out and I see something, oh, that's going to work perfect for blah, 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 blah. Then I buy it. Or if I had the money, assuming I have the money, I'm, you know, obviously don't go broke making costumes, guys. Like be financially responsible. But I I like, oh, you know, because you're always thinking in the back of your mind and like back to that thinking outside the box. You don't, you know, don't always, don't just limit yourself to like, oh, I have to buy my stuff at Joanne's. Like, Go to go to Goodwill stores. Like, I mean, if you want to buy leather but you can't afford leather brand new, go to a Goodwill store and buy old leather coats and chop them up and use the leather from that. Um, 
Home Depot is a great place. Home Depot is like the cosplayer's paradise for people who want to make like props and stuff. Like I can't go into Home Depot if I'm if I'm working on something and spend less than like 50 bucks, like between the spray paint and wood and, and fillers and it just, and miscellaneous stuff like dowel rod screws and stuff like stuff of that nature. Like all that stuff adds up pretty quick. And, you know, like home Depot sells like this pink insulation foam, which is great for carvings, carving like really crazy shapes for props. And then you can cover it in warbler or wood glue or, you know, whatever material you want and make it sturdy. And those sheets are like five bucks. You know, and it just takes a little bit of time to sit there and carve it and sand it down. And bada bing, bada boom, you have yourself like this crazy, like spherical, weird, I don't know, weird prop thing. You know, the options are endless. So, like, um, I go to Home Depot a lot, obviously, for prop stuff. Um, Obviously, Joann's is is pretty, I think they're everywhere um, in the United States. So, like, those are good places to go to kind of, like, see what they have, especially if you're not in an area where you have an alternative source or alternative source for fabric. Um, I'm very fortunate, and I have a place where they go and they buy a bunch of fabric from the fashion district in L.A. and in New York and bring it all back here and sell it for really, really cheap. So, I can get some crazy different texture fabrics but the thing is they're never going to have the same thing in stock twice so like if i see something then i buy it you know that i'm like oh that's going to work for that it's probably not going to be here in like three weeks when i want to get it later i'm going to go ahead and buy it now type of thing so um people who are in like southern california the la fashion district is like the best place literally excuse me, the best place to buy fabric because, and not even fabric, trims, zippers, sewing machines, crystals, beads, all that type of stuff um, is down in the LA fashion district. Um, and they, they have crazy cheap prices. Like you can't, you can, literally cannot get it cheaper anywhere else. Um, New York has some really great fashion districts. I've never been there personally. I have friends that go there. Uh, New York has some really good um, spandex places. So since my place where I go to fabric here in town, they don't have a lot of options in terms of spandexes like um, PVC spandex, which is that shiny stuff um, or heavyweight spandex or like different textures and stuff. So I end up having to buy a lot of that online um, and either spandex house or world of spandex are two places that I always like to go and check. And they're ba- back in New York um, for casting supplies. Um, since I'm based out of Reno, Nevada, the closest place for me is Reynolds Am, which, again, guys, if you guys are listening to this and you want to know the actual links, feel free to message me. I will give you the links. <laughs> um, Reynolds Am is great. They have a bunch of casting supplies and molding materials and pigments for your casting. And they're super fast. Like, I ordered something. I literally had the box a day and a half later. And that's insane. So, and it was like a huge box. I ordered like a gallon of casting, a casting plastic, another like quart size of casting plastic, a bunch of colorants and stuff like that. So, um, foam, if you have like, there's a lot of great places to buy foam online. Um, I know I already mentioned his name, but Bill punished props. He has a whole guide on where to buy foam and where to get it and what type of thicknesses and densities and stuff. Um, so he's great to check out on where to buy for foam, like EVA foam. Um, me, 
I go down to Harbor Freight because you can buy those floor mats, which is EVA foam, and you can buy a pack of them for 10 bucks. And one pack has four sheets that are like two foot by two foot. So you can make a whole set of armor for like 10 bucks um, out of out of that foam. And then you can get the smaller sheets in different thicknesses at different craft stores like um, Michael's and Hobby Lobby. Um, I really like Hobby Lobby because they have a lot of weird different stuff in there that you don't really see other places um so you can find some cool like little knickknacks like um like beads or pendants and stuff for like headpieces or for the front of your armor or whatever um so they're kind of cool and have some interesting stuff um etsy etsy is a really really cool place to look for for trims and accessories um or materials to make that so like um one of the big projects I did this year, um, it was it was based off of art, an artist artwork. Her name is Sakizo, and she makes these crazy elaborate drawings of these girls and like these corsets and ruffles and hair that's two miles high, and they're just insane. There's a lot of details on them. So I finally tackled one of her, her art pieces this year, and I went on Etsy because I could get these these cabochons. Um, for really cheap and I could buy the frames for really cheap and all I do is assemble it and you can find like cool trend, like cool lace for pretty cheap. And, um, cause some of it comes from China. They just supply it on Etsy. So Etsy's become a really good source for finding some unusual trims and trinkets and stuff like that for, for adding stuff on, um, for like Warbla, um, Warbla, there's a couple different places um, you can buy in the U.S. Unfortunately, the only authorized retailer for Warbla is Yaya Han. Um, every other place, from my understanding, from my heard, they have to buy it full price and then resell it because um, she's the only authorized retailer in the United States. But um, CosplaySupplies.com sells it. Um, Arda Wigs, um, they're selling black warbler, which is supposed to be a little bit smoother. Um, there's also another new product on the market called Fibra that is really cool. It's it's a thermoplastic, but it's completely smooth. It has a texture like ABS plastic. So um, you don't have to do like any prep work like you have to do with warbler because warbler has kind of a sandpapery texture to it. So you have to put like a, a really lots of primer on it to make it smooth. Um Tandy Leather is actually a great resource for costumes, um, not only just for leather, but they have a lot of um, belts and rings and stuff for adding for like, especially if you're doing armor and you need a lot of those like D rings or metal loops or studs or belt, uh, belt buckles and stuff. Tandy Leather has all of that and it's great and they're really helpful obviously with leather stuff, but they also sell their own thermoplastic called uh, TerraFlex. And it's a little bit smoother than Morbla, um, not as smooth as Thermobra. And I really like that. That's one of my favorite thermoplastics to use. So um, there's a lot of resources out there. And <laughs> I can we can literally have a whole hour of Mel listing off places to buy stuff for cosplay. So... Um, most of the time, if you see something that you like, just ask the cosplayer in a comment like, hey, where did you get that material? And nine times out of ten, they'll tell you where they got that. Or you're like, where is the best place for that? There's a lot of different um, YouTube videos and stuff like that on where for resources and stuff. I'm yeah. actually considering like going down and like making a huge index post of like of all these different places that I go to. So and I didn't even get into wigs eBay. 
<laughs> so like I said, there's it, the possibilities are endless on where to go for for supplies. So, so, so my question is, first of all, I just want to tell you, I think it's amazing that you're shopping at Home Depot and Harbor Freight. <laughs> Maybe the coolest person to ever shop at Harbor Freight. But I um, <laughs> so I was just wondering when, whenever you're purchasing a lot of these things together, do you ever get like a funny look? Like what, what, what do you got going on? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. My favorite is when you go into like Walmart that has like everything. So I prefer, I, I don't like to shop at Walmart, but I will shop at Walmart if it's crunch time and I need something like, okay, I need, I need body fashion tape. I need pantyhose. I need black spray paint. I need screws and I need fabric and I need glue. And I also need a thing of Dr. Pepper and some beer. And Eggos. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like you go in there and you buy like these really random things. Like it's really funny too when you throw in like some kids' toys in there, like a toy pistol or something, just yeah, to really keep them guessing. Yeah, this is not looking good for you. <laughs> just to keep them guessing. This, is, this yeah. sounds like a kidnapping is about to happen. <laughs> like sometimes I will look at the stuff I have on my counter, and you know, I have bright pink hair, and I and where I live is really is really good old boy, you know, network. Everyone knows everyone type of type of mentality here and Reno's five years at least behind the times on most stuff so me having pink hair wearing I, I dress really different from most people here and I'm I'm buying all this really weird stuff like all this spray paint and pantyhose and fashion tape and duct tape you know like people just kind of look at me like what are you doing with all this stuff like you know it just goes so, mm-hmm, big night yeah yeah the wall i think walmart is is have been the ones where you've seen the most peculiar reactions it's luckily now the cosplay has become a little bit more known throughout the general yes. public around the muggles like you can you know like if they call it like to joanne's and stuff <laughs> if i go to joanne's and stuff they add the song oh yeah i make costumes like oh you're a cosplayer i'm like yeah you know what that is now so yeah wow i'm still stuck on the the, the fact yeah. that yeah. we're all muggles but that we're muggles but no. no you guys aren't muggles if you know what cosplay is like see you guys you guys are in the you're in the the, the grand scope of geek culture and you know what cosplay is so, so you're you're not a muggle i'm talking about I'm, like <laughs> well that's good i'm definitely not a muggle okay because for my son's for my son's fifth birthday i i said you know what he is crazy about batman i went online and got a movie quality batman costume there you uh, go. sent to me and i put that sucker on and just so you know i'm in texas his birthday is July 22nd, and I'm wearing a rubber suit. So you're at committed. At a pool party. At a pool party. Wow. Yeah. So wow. Justin, Justin I, actually, Justin actually stood in the pool. Yes. No. <laughs> yeah, I actually most of the rubber is still adhered to my skin. Um, oh my gosh. It was actually so hot that I I literally cut my appearance short, jumped over the fence, popped like half the balloons, and all the kids cried. Worst Batman ever. The, or best Batman. Or the best Batman. You know, it was a Christian Bale. I talked with a very gravelly tone. But um, <laughs> but I owned it. 
I owned it, rubber <laughs> boots and all. And and word on the street is is that you're supposed to have a Destiny costume in the works. That's just I the do. word on the street. I was wondering I I when that was I coming up. <laughs> I have a Smurf. I have a Smurf, Smurf in the works. <laughs> yeah, I, I do have a male awoken. That's Ooh. as soon as I see Marasov peek her little head out from from Wind of the Stars land, there will be there will be uh yeah. <laughs> well, you better be prepared come <laughs> September twentieth because that's my personal deadline. Is that your deadline? Off. That's my personal okay. deadline. I want it done before the expansion drops. Like Ooh. for reals. For there needs reals. to be some sort of a face off. I don't know if it could be <laughs> maybe maybe like a periscope duel or we can we can make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, I guess it I guess it does lead into another question that we've had is, you know, you know, talking about the different characters, you know, most most characters that you you probably have done have been from a variety of either anime or video games. Um, Where where do you where I guess source material for costumes like I don't know. Does that you know how do you, how do you figure out exactly what needs to go into <laughs> costumes and you know especially for like sewing and you know armor you know we've kind of talked about that but like how do you like how do you get the dimensions material? like how do you get the dimensions and the the I, I don't I don't really know I am not a cosplayer so I don't know how to verbalize that but like how do you get like a a model to to design the costume off of do you do you just like play a lot of video games and wait for the person to turn around actually that's not far from the truth oh okay okay yes (laughs) um actually uh before the internet became a magical magical place for cosplayers um i remember sitting there with my PlayStation and I was making something from, I was making Trish from Devil May Cry and oh. obviously internet again in its infancy and even even though the internet is kind of still like in, in, you know similar to what we know it today no one really put like in for, like here's a, a huge turnaround of of what this character looks like so I remember I was sitting there with again I think I still had that five megapixel camera and I'm sitting and I have like literally like a 13 inch TV from the 1980s that I was playing on my PlayStation 2 with. And the character, Trish, she they actually had it to where she just continuously turned around if you if you went to like her profile. And so I'm sitting there with my camera, click, 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 like every time she like continuously clicking, because I had no way of screen capping it at the time. And I would also like try to Google on like, you know, YouTube was just becoming a thing back back then. And I would find like people putting like um, some of the, the cut scenes from the games on there. And I would go and look up Google and uh, and YouTube and try to find the cut scenes and then like pause it real quick and screen cap it. So that way I could see it. But of course, this is not, we're not talking like 1080p resolution, guys. We're talking like 430 or something like that, you know, where it's like really mm-hmm. teeny and kind of fuzzy. So I did that. Um, now it's a, it's, it's much easier. Um, mo- a lot of companies, especially gaming companies, have really picked up that like people want to cosplay their characters. And um, I know uh, Horizon 
put out a yeah. great, great character reference that literally has swatches for everything, had close-ups of all the different stitching detail. They actually talked about like, oh, when we were designing this character, we were thinking that this is actually made out of this for X, Y, and Z reason. And that type of information is incredibly useful. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I would imagine for everybody, but for me, being able to know the the like why this piece is on there or what it's made of for x y and z reason really helps me go okay if this person exists in real life what would that be made out of like anytime i approach a project that's that's like the first step i go to like okay what you know if this person was set in the future like okay what type of materials would you see in the future and this type of in this type of you know universe and stuff that and you know like would this be functional would this not be functional you, you kind of start breaking it down and try to think about it that way because for for me i i, I know a lot of other people the same way the costume is supposed to tell the story of your character without you even saying a word you want to be able to walk out and people to go okay you know i know this about your character i know this about your character i know this about your character without knowing about it and that that is to me seems is is so magical like put on any movie any movie any huge blockbuster thing turn off the sound especially if it's a movie you have you don't know anything about turn off the sound don't have subtitles and sit there and watch it without any any music no no dialogue no nothing and you're just watching what they're wearing their environment and then like how they're interacting and that costume will tell you so much about that character um right off the bat without them having to say a word and if you can actually do that with your costume in real life then and then you're actually are able to tell the story of that character and to me that that is the creme de la creme of being able to be you know a top-notch costume either designer or creator or whatever you want to do is be able to tell the story of your character to someone who knows nothing about what that character is so um that 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 to me is really important um but if you want to know more about the the way you actually asked but but yeah like turning stuff around like now i just take screenshots especially like if on the playstation it makes it so easy to take screenshots of stuff and um i've actually emailed game companies before and say hey this character you don't have any character references for and appears for five seconds in your game and i never see the back of her can you like send me a picture and they've actually sent me pictures before like oh yeah and they'll pull up like the whole entire character in the game model here you go have fun i'm like great well didn't they yeah didn't they do that with mara mara saw yes wasn't mara they did that was uh, recent wasn't it did they finally um, release that or did they they only send it to people who request it i i don't know what they I found an actual high-res photo of her that has a turnaround and close-ups of certain okay. parts. Because I, I remember That's like people I freaking out when they finally released it. Because it was like, because obviously we only see her in cutscenes, mm-hmm. and you never yeah. see like anything other than you know the front. And so everyone's yeah. like, "What's on the back?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like, oh my gosh, like Marisov is a perfect example. When you when I looked at her when I looked at her character thing, so much more 
about like taking the base knowledge of I knew about her at the time. This is before I started getting really into like the lore of Destiny because I planned on making more stuff like two years ago. So this is like vanilla Destiny when I started researching her. And then when I actually saw, finally was able to see that back picture, I'm like, holy crap, it makes so much sense on why she's called the Kello Kells and stuff like that. Because you see all the inspiration Mm -hmm. from the Kell designs in her design. And so you're like, oh, well, she has she has the markings of the Kells and the, of the Fallen on her back, like on on the on the butt cape of her costume. You know, she has the fur around her like the Kells do, and you you see so much of that inspiration. But then you also see parts of the Awoken designs into it. So you kind of, you definitely see what's in her design that she is the one that melded the two together and has created this empire and. If you just knew the base information of design wise of what the like the fallen look like and what the awoken look like and you saw that, I would guarantee nine times out of ten people would be like, Well, does she like control fallen or something like that? Like mm-hmm. and they wouldn't have to know anything about it. You know? So like and ha- being able to it, it's insane what what co- how much storytelling just a costume can tell about a character. So now, now we're getting now we're getting to the deep, heavy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, I mean, yeah, and, you know that that leads you know really into you know talking about making making stuff and all that. You know how do, how do you make time for how how do you make time for doing a costume or your know, craft justice? And you know, and that then leads to the next usually logical question that most people have is, you know, what type of investment does good cosplay require, you know, monetary and time wise? Uh oh man, that's a those are both really extensive questions. Um for me, I I, I have become fortunate enough to where I have been able to take costume making and turn it into excuse me, turn it into a living. Um, it's not a great living because it's kind of like an artist salary because I, I see what I do as as being an artist um, and obviously working towards better that. But because it is, I, I have to carve out time out of my day. Like, okay, I'm going to spend, you know, this hour to this hour working on stuff. Um, when it was more just of a hobby, um, when I was going to school full time and, you know, working and blah, 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 blah. It was a much, I felt it was a little bit more difficult to find the time because I have all this other stuff going on. Um, my builds were obviously a lot more simple at the time. Like the stuff I make now is a lot more complex. I use a lot more, more, um, sorry, my dog just walked in and like jumped on my lap. Okay. out. sorry. Sorry. Dog, dog stuff. Bug stuff, guys. Dog stuff. <laughs> oh, that's not a cosplay woof. thing? That really just <laughs> happened? Woof. Woof. Um, <laughs> uh, um, college. So when I was in college and, and working, and it was more of a hobby at the time, I literally would be like, okay, whatever small little fraction of free time I have, I'm working on my costume. Um, you know, like you, you kind of like, okay, do I want to go out and see this movie or do I want to work on my costume? You start making those type of choices. And actually a lot of cosplayers, you will see, they, they, they often will like, okay, I'm not, I don't want to go see this movie or I don't want to go out with my friends at this particular moment because I want to finish my costume. You know, there's, there is a, a lot of time sacrificed um, 
towards making costumes. You know, there's been, you know, when I was working on stuff for Fanime, like that big Kizo costume, and I would be in my sewing room working on stuff, and I hear my boyfriend in the other room with our clan playing Destiny, and I hear him like, oh, I just got 335 gloves. I'm like, gosh, dang it, I need 335 gloves, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, like, and you're just like, man, I really want to go play Destiny, but you're like, no, I need to finish my costume. So you, you have to kind of pick and choose what 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 is important to you. And if it's something you really want to do, you're going to find the time. You'll, you'll figure out a, pl- a, a time of day in your week or your day or whatever to to do something that you really love. It's something that you're passionate about. You you will definitely you'll make the time. You know, it's like they always say. Um, and investment wise for for time and money, it can vary. You know, there's some costumes that I can make in a day on like fifty bucks. You know, like really easy stuff, school uniforms and stuff of that nature. Um, but there's other ones like the Sakiza costume. <clears throat> Costed me. Whew, we won't, the, we won't say how. Is that the the black the black beast? The big the black beast. Yes, the black. That thing beast. was amazing. Um, that one, I started buying supplies for it in January of this year, and I barely finished it with barely <laughs> enough money. Uh, I still skipped out on a lot of things I wanted to do on it because I ran out of time and money. Um, and uh, and then I didn't finish it until until May. Technically May. There's still stuff I want to finish on it. So I started working on it in March? March. It was March. March, February. Somewhere around there. And I was still sewing in the hotel room come end of may so and that's someone who's like sitting there sewing a lot during the day um i still made other costumes during the other time and i work other jobs so i I still had a obscene amount of time dedicated to it like more time than what normal people would be able to dedicate it if they work full-time jobs and stuff so that just gives you an idea of how big that project was um Ayla the Huntress, um, which they people might have seen when we did the, the Skyrim. Mm-hmm. That one, that one took me two and a half months of working on it consistently in my free time. That's when I was still working on another full time job. I hadn't really transitioned into doing costumes full time, so I was still working, you know, eight hour days at a normal, you know, Monday through Friday job. And, you know, coming home and I, I didn't have a house then. We lived in a little, you know, two bedroom apartment. And I remember sitting on the crappy floor of my apartment and watching Star Wars movies and weaving chainmail, you know. so um, That is a totally worthwhile endeavor. And we support that. Yeah. Both, both of those <laughs> weaving chainmail and watching Star Wars movies. <laughs> I love the acceptable. story about the I love the story about the Huntress where one of those awesome pictures uh where you're like in the woods is actually in like a drainage ditch or <laughs> it's like off to oh the yeah side. the one that you guys actually put in there we took at a convention of uh it's called fanime but it's in san it's at the san jose convention center and it's in downtown san jose so normal downtown place lots of buildings and stuff like that but down away a couple blocks away from the con there is this like runoff stream culvert thing i don't know what to call it there's like a creek there and they have like some trees and stuff like that but then like 
there's a small little section that looks nice, but then like there's the overpass for the road and then you walk down and that's where the trees and the water and stuff is. And then there's like hobos sleeping underneath the bridge and peeing and doing whatever <laughs> hobos do. And then there's like a bunch of garbage. Like we found condoms down there and stuff before. It's really disgusting. And we, we, he, the photographer worked magic. Like we, we actually threw some like fake dirt on me, uh, like makeup dirt, not real dirt. Cause I don't want to touch that real dirt because we don't know what's been on, <laughs> done. So uh, we put a bunch of that on me and he like took lights and put lights in the, the, the trees and stuff behind me. So they would um, glow. And we took photos right there by this like really nasty water drainage ditch thing so and like on the other side of the water there's like a park and stuff but it's not as it's it didn't look as cool so and i've actually gone down there for so many photos it's ridiculous like every year i go to that convention and i take photos down in that area and the photos always look really cool yeah you know like to the weird hobo ditch you don't go down there by yourself put it that (laughs) way (laughs) especially if you're a female especially if you're a female dressed in a skimpy costume you do not dress like the huntress (laughs) well actually the huntress is is great because a lot of people get really intimidated by it so i don't think people would actually want to you know do anything to me they if I was wearing that. They wouldn't mess around with the Huntress. <laughs> no, like I, I actually wore that at San Diego Comic Con a few years ago. And San Diego Comic Con, you're like, you're literally like cattle, like you're squished together. You cannot move. Like it is wall to wall people. And I'm, I'm outside the, right outside the convention center. And it's still wall to wall people because buses are letting people off. People are trying to get on the bus, lining up for convention halls and whatnot. So this is still wall to wall people even outside. And I remember walking down, I don't even know where I was walking to. I was just walking down this, this, the outside area. And I had Ayla on and I had the war paint and I put on my resting face just and kind of put my arms down at my side and like made fists to make myself look really intimidating. And people saw me and I just saw their eyes go wide and they were kind of like back away and just kind of like parted the seas. It was like the Red Sea parting <laughs> and it was great. I'm like, oh, cool. And I had to like shoulder check anyone or go, excuse me, uh, excuse me, excuse yeah. me, you know, like 10 times to try to get past them. You just so. sounded like May there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the Huntress is probably one of my favorites. I also really, really dig the uh, Lilith from Borderlands. I love Lilith. She's my homie. Oh, she looks so good, though. Like, oh, I love Lilith. <laughs> you look like you're straight out of Borderlands, though. With the that graphic, cost- like, line work. Yeah, I, I really like it. I have a love-hate with that costume. I, I adore Borderlands. I adore Lilith. She's like one of my favorite all-time characters but. in games. <clears throat> but that costume not only takes about four hours in change to get into, it is incredibly <laughs> uncomfortable. Those really? I don't know why, but yellow contacts are like there's a whole lot to it. It's like a shirt. Is Oh, honey. <laughs> I, I, I underestimate. Clearly. I that, was, that is the best result. Just. Oh. Oh, your face. See, then I did my job well because then if I make it look easy. It's and supposed that, to look effortless. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. I, the that tattoos cost- are amazing. 
Those are all hand painted on every single time I wear it. Does someone else do that? There's no way you could do that all on yourself, right? Generally, no. Really? Yes. I The first two times I wore it, I had Zach help me. But after that, it, I I go to I often go to conventions by myself, especially if I'm working or mm-hmm. I meet a friend there. And obviously, if my friend's getting ready in costume, I don't I'm like, hey, can you carve out an extra two hours out of your getting ready time to like paint <laughs> on me? So I have to do it myself. <laughs> and I I've I've well, learned you put it that way. But if you were a little bit more flowery about it, maybe <laughs> do it. Well, let's be honest. Like our when when you're good friends with someone. That's how you talk to them. Like, hey, can you paint some crap on me? And they're like, bro, no, that's going to take like two hours. I don't have time to do that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you like, you know, like it's, I mean, unless they're not wearing something that day, but I, I mean, mm-hmm. it's pretty rare. Like if you're, if you're a cosplayer and you're room with other cosplayers, like generally you actually have stuff planned together or, um, or you guys have your own projects and stuff you want to wear. So like they, they're busy with getting their, getting ready themselves. So like, you know you can't you can't rely on someone else to paint you unless you hire i mean i could hire someone to come in and just airbrush it on me and it'll probably take like 15 minutes especially if i made a stencil probably not even that but i'm cheap and i don't have the money to pay someone professional you know and i know i i know if i want someone to do it i I, I know what their time and their money and the supplies are worth. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have to expect to probably pay like a hundred bucks for someone to come do it. Maybe a little bit more. I, maybe a friend will come and do it for me on the cheap, but you know, like ugh, that's an expense I have to factor in on top of, you know, food and if I have to factor travel and booth space, like then that's just another, and that's just another expense, you know? So it's just like, you know, what? I'll just get up an extra two hours early and I'll just paint it on myself. So and um, it looks amazing. So, thanks, thanks. So, but like, but most of the the, the shell shading on the costume, that's all on the costume. Like, I don't have to do that every time. It's just the the body, like well, the blue tattoo. Did you did you draw <clears throat> that on that costume? Yes. That that looks great. Like it captures that whole Borderlands feel. Yeah. So all all the, the like the the Borderlands effect on that is all painted or drawn onto the actual costume i like it yeah same thing with uh maya and athena both of them have Mm. are the same are the same ways but but yeah but those costumes that 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 costume the contacts are the worst i don't know what it is with yellow contacts i i've tried maybe about five different pairs of yellow contacts but they're all just extremely painful to wear that i can only wear for a couple hours but anytime i'm wear, but once i'm in lilith I have a ball. Like I just love it. I get to go out to Borderlands people and talk about Borderlands. Like I absolutely adore it. But get getting to getting to in Lilith is a whole entire <laughs> thing. And like the the makeup on that is so intense. Like I had to do I do so much contouring. Um, the way I do my lipstick to make her lips look poutier and bigger, like I totally line outside of my lips to change my whole entire lip shape. It's it's really intense. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at it. I, I can see. I, I take back my statement. It, there's a fair <laughs> bit that goes into this costume. I apologize. <laughs> and armor. And then you have to throw a prop in there that you have to carry all day. No. <laughs> no that, that is a really good looking one. Like, captures the, the entire spirit of the game. And, like, I could not know 
very much about Borderlands, which is actually where I'm at with my Borderlands knowledge. Shame. And I could take, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I could take one look at that and I could go Borderlands, like mm-hmm. just from having played the introduction on one of the games. Shame. So <laughs> I've done more than that. <laughs> I've done more than play the introduction. I played a fair bit. Okay. Well, 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 we'll discuss this at a later date. Son of a. T- okay, you just move on. Just move on. So, <laughs> that was that was awkward. Let's move on. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've actually got a I got a question for you, Mel. Other than hmm. how much do you hate me for not? knowing Borderlands better than I do um, is uh, what are you uh, actually working on right now? Other than Queen Mara. Um, Mara. I'm, I'm kind of in between projects right now. Um, I actually, um, I just started the Patreon thing. So I've kind of left it to them to kind of vote and go. So you're taking requests right now. If you're on Patreon, you can you can voice. I kind of I kind of like okay guys here here are some stuff that I've started. Here are some projects I bought materials for. Here's some stuff I actually want to work on right now. What do you guys want to see? And um, I won't say what it is quite yet, but it's it's cool. It's it's a character I've done before, but it's a different take on it based on some artwork and there's armor involved and cool fabrics. So sweet. So, but there's also other stuff. I I hope I hope to start well uh, within within the end before 2016 ends. Um, I still have, have a bunch of fabric that to make a Vault Hunter from Fallout 4. Like I have everything. I have I have the Pip Boy. I have the fabric. I have the boots. I have the leather. I just need to sit down and make it. Um. I started. I'm a huge Naruto fan, which I think we've we've mentioned before. Um, so I have another Sakura that I started a few months ago that is based off some artwork. Um, and her outfit has it's really cool. She has some cool different. She has different lines and different different silhouette and a different design. There's a lot of cool gradients and like flowy fabrics. So that looks really cool. Um, there's the Destiny Hunter that has been yes on the list to make forever and i was going to do the the current iron banner with the wolf cloak and stuff however now after seeing the trailer that came out today i think i might want to make the new iron lord's armor so <laughs> you might, I, th- I think i think i'm gonna wait now until after september to and get and see what the new armor looks like and then decide which armor side i want to make but Just, i already started if, buying stuff uh, for that for the hunter like months ago so whatever you do, make the uh the trials gauntlets with the cobra knife. That needs to be uh, arms. So I literally no joke, I spent two months debating between trials gear, like the wing sun stuff and mm-hmm. the iron banner stuff. And the only reason I didn't go with all Osiris gear is because I don't think that white and yellow would translate really well. In real life. No, no. Put a shader <clears throat> on it. Put a shader on it. Ah, but then okay. it doesn't look like Osiris gear, man. You need to do Osiris gear with Chalcedonkey. <sighs> <laughs> no, 
no, there is no better gauntlet no. for a hunter than the than the trials one with the cobra knife. I you know do agree. Those cobra knives are pretty sick. Like they are yes. the sickest arms in the game currently. Thank currently. you. Yes, I I I will give you that. They are they are the Thank best you. looking. See, I, you know this what? This is what I love about having a hunter on. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, Doc, because hunter master race, like, hello. Thank you. Class. Class. Yeah, well, no, no. We've transcended class. Oh, <laughs> race we've transcended class. Race status oh, confirmed. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Okay, so. Willie's not here. Yeah. Willie's not here. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he can't He can't go Titan master class oh. anymore. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, he can't Hunters. even reach the keyboard and type. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... I like I like how we got how we got destiny stuff in here, even though yeah, you gotta you gotta work it in there. You gotta work it in there. So, but yeah, there's there's quite a few stuff that is on is on is on the table to be made. Nice. So, okay, so we're we're talking we talked about the future. How many how many completed builds have do you have? Do you even know? <sighs> I stopped counting after a hundred and change. Ooh. So, wow yeah <laughs> so, and <clears throat> no go ahead oh i was gonna say that's because incl- i've made stuff for other people too um i've made stuff for friends um i've done stuff for clients commission wise i i actually made a costume for george r martin that was really cool um, no way. yeah seriously seriously I made I made him a Robert Baratheon costume, and I made his made his wife a um, uh, old the, the old lady from the Tyrells. What's her name? I can't think of her name. Orlay or because of no. Um, I made her costume based off of that character. Wow! So, so you can if you go like I don't think he's worn it recently. I made it like three years ago, um, but when season four. Whatever, whatever, two seasons ago were. If you see him, if you see pictures of him in a, like a Robert Baratheon thing, and he has like the crown on, and he's like sitting with the, like white dire wolves, that costume, I made it. So what? <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> I will send That's you photos. Amazing. I'll send you photos. <laughs> that is amazing. And I made him in like a week, and I didn't sleep for like five days. It was it was not amazing at the time, but I'm like. I'm making stuff for George R. R. Martin. I do not care. <laughs> Sleep is not necessary. <laughs> yes, no, no, I drank so much five hour energy during that week. And then I just slept for like three days straight. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. So, but so I, I, once, I made you, a lot. once you cosplayed something, do you kind of put that in the vault and then you can call back on it whenever you want? Or is it kind of a deal? Once you've done something, you've done it and it's, it's um, some some yes some no um some of the projects that i feel really particularly proud of or i like the way i look in i end up wearing a lot more um there's some projects that i've i've made for like groups or friends and you know we'll wear them once together and then it's kind of awkward to wear it alone so then i won't i won't really wear mm-hmm. it until we wear it again um there's some costumes I've made that I've loved it. I loved everything about it. I like the way the fabric looks. I like the way it came together. And then I put it on and I hate the way it looks on me. And I go, no, 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 no. I'm not wearing this again. <laughs> so those, 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 those been those very tragic scenarios. But 
luckily now that doesn't happen too too much anymore because now i i'm able to like look at something pretty objectively i'm like i don't like the way this looks why and i can go okay i don't like this because it's making my waist look too wide or i don't like this because it makes this part look unattractive or whatever reason that i don't like it and i'm able to kind of be able to problem solve it and figure out a way to fix it so i do like it so whereas before i would just like cry and go i spent all this time and i look awful you should not do that (laughs) that was that was past young mel who didn't know better i've learned from my mistakes (laughs) there you go um Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, do you actually? I know you've made plenty of costumes. Do you have you ever made weapons? Yeah. Um, what what is something off the top of my head? I've made D- oh Diva's gun. I made Diva's gun. You made um, that gun? Yeah, it's made out of foam. Oh, I thought that was the My Mini Factory. Ah, the, no, it's made you out actually of- made that one. Yeah, that looked really good. It doesn't look as great up in person because it's the first time I ever did a film build for a gun. So, so I was kind of like, I don't know what to do, whatever, make it work. <laughs> so that was like EVA foam? Yeah, it's EVA foam and craft foam. And then there's an MDF center base. Uh, MDF is a uh, multi-density wood fiber. Um, so it's okay. like a piece of wood in the center. Really, so it's like a quarter inch. Do you start with like a block of foam and then you like cut at it? Uh, no, actually, um, well, for Diva's Gun, no. Um, for other projects, um, I actually, what is one I did a giant carving out? I did this costume for a game company beginning of the year, um, it's from Castle Clash. I did, the character's called Candy Cane, and then she has this huge staff, and the big, yeah, yeah, that big gold thing at the top, I literally took a block of foam and, like, drew out the basic shape of it and then carved it away and then made, made the thing. So um, <clears throat> my wizard staff, which has been a work in progress since last November and I didn't finish it between at a certain date. And I said, you know what? Never mind. And I just like, it's been sitting in a corner since then. Um, that's all just kind of like, again, drew out the basic shape and then carved out of foam. But like Diva's gun, like a lot of the times I will draw out the the picture or if there's a good reference like there was for diva's gun i will actually print out the gun to size to scale and then use that as my template um so like with divas i printed out two pictures of the gun at scale and then one that was like a like just the picture of the side so like what you would see if you looked at the side of the gun and then i use that as my template for all the different size pieces of foam and then just kind of built up different layers of foam and glue them together and then use my sanders, like um, the belt sander, a Dremel and a bunch of stuff like that to, to shape the foam. And then you use like um, contact cement or barge cement uh, glue and you glue it all, you glue it together in layers and stuff like that. And then you seal it. <clears throat> you could do a couple of different ways to seal the foam. And then once the foam is sealed, you just paint it, paint it like normal. That The Diva gun was actually all painted with acrylics. So um, the primer, which was the sealer, which was was all black. And then I went back and painted all the pink and the silver, gray colors, green or whatever. So um, <clears throat> so that, that, that was how that one was built. So like each prop has different 
different type of challenges. And since I travel so much now, I, I now when I build something, I don't just like go, oh, I'm just going to build it, whatever. Uh, I have to think, okay, how how can I build this so I can break it down into pieces that fit into a suitcase and that will survive a trip on a plane? And won't get so, you arrested. It won't get you arrested. <laughs> um, let me tell you funny stories about how I've taken my ALA chainmail through uh, oh, TSA in my carry-on because it's too heavy to put it on in my in my check bag because that chainmail is like ten pounds. Yeah, and ten pounds in a check bag is such valuable realty that you're like, no, 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 you're gonna carry that on, like that's going in your carry-on. <laughs> so, so I've gotten a lot of strange looks with that one before. <laughs> A lot yes, of questions and stuff. All so. the terrorists are using chain mail these days. Well, it's yeah. just the metal. It's, it's yeah. I, I have. I, I had usually, a no. Go for it. Go for it. Oh, I I just I I usually to save time and hassle, I just pull it out of the bag mm-hmm. and throw it in its own bin and just send it through the, the thing. So that way, when they go, "What the hell is this?" They're like, "Oh, it's chain mail," you know. Oh, <laughs> and then, then afterwards, afterwards they go, "Oh, is this yours?" I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like. What is this for? <laughs> that makes no sense. Um, I make questions, so <laughs> so, and obviously you can't if, like 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 diva stuff like her gun. I actually have to check in my bag because there's no way they're gonna let me fly right. with that on my carry on. But like her headset and her other parts of armor that I made, like since those are made out of foam, they're a little bit more fragile. I actually pack those in my carry on so that way I know they're not gonna get like destroyed. <laughs> so yeah. They really shouldn't be worried about Divas Gun, though. It really doesn't hurt anybody. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I've seen a couple of people wreck. Yeah, wreck yeah. There's been, there's been times where I've been unmecked and I'm running around and I poop on a Reaper and then I feel like my life has purpose. <laughs> um, hey, anytime you poop on a Reaper, you feel your life has purpose. Yeah, <laughs> you a public service there. Oh, oh yeah. God. It's, it's oh, gone yeah. beyond. <laughs> Um, you want to, I, I think that, I, you know, nah. I think the next question that a lot of people have is what would be, what would you think is your most complicated build that you've ever worked on? Well, the black beast is up there. That is, that is, that was a very complicated, intricate costume mm-hmm. sewing wise. Uh, that that definitely it broke my sewing machine actually. I had to go buy go out and buy a new sewing machine. That's how insane that costume was. Um, that one was pretty complicated in terms of I really wanted to make sure the silhouette of that costume was was one of the most important things to me mm-hmm. um, in terms of when I was making it because Sakizo's designs they're known for these crazy silhouettes like these huge hairs, huge puppy dress things and so like being able to engineer and have an understructure that helped create that silhouette was really important and so i spent weeks alone just trying to come up with different ideas on between you know bustles and petticoats and cages and hoop skirts and cages and just like all these different things that i tried to try to get that silhouette um, so that that was pretty cool. And then on top of all the making like thousands of yards of ruffles, it felt like. Um, so that was also pretty complicated. Um, Alien was pretty complicated, too. That one had a lot of firsts on it. That was the first time I ever made 
chain mail and not just like I order the rings off of line and then I put it together. No, 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 no. We took a we took wire and did the the whole entire drill bit method. So you take like a huge rod and you put it in your drill bit in your your uh, your uh, electric drill, and then you hold the wire and you kind of wrap it around to start it. And then you hold it with a pair of gloves and then you turn the drill on real slow. And as it turns, it, it, it coils the wire for you. And then you do a whole thing of wire until it gets to the end. And then you slide it off and then you clip them with, with, you know, metal clips. And so you have rings and then, and then you can make your chain mail. So that's how I made the, the rings for that chain mail. Like it, it was pretty insane. And, then on top of that, the the leather, that was the first time I've made a project with so much leather in it. I got, you know, like leather belts or leather bound books, whatever, you know, that's not a big deal. But like make that bodysuit, it's, liter- it's literally a leotard, that leather bodysuit, like a backless, backless leotard. It's, it's ridiculous. And so like having to make and pattern that out of leather was really complicated and difficult. And I had to use like new i had to go use the walking foot machine and stuff like leather machines at the shop because i was working as a tailor at the time when i made that and i in in an effort to save money i i bought a cheap hide for like a 100 bucks and i told him like well this color isn't dark enough like it needs to be a better color and like (laughs) otherwise i need to go buy something different and they're like well the other ones that would work are gonna be like 600 bucks like well i can't afford that i said well you can you can deglaze it and then re-dye it. And I'm like, that sounds like a great plan. I will do that. Oh, so no. <laughs> that's what I actually did. I actually got the deglazer. So a deglazer takes off the whole entire finish off of leather. So you can re you can re-dye it, dye it darker. And so I did that with the the, the, the hide of leather. <clears throat> actually, I cut all the pieces out first. So I didn't want to do the whole leather hide. So I cut out the pieces and then I deglaze all of them. And then I re-dyed them and then re-glazed them and then sewed it all together. <laughs> dedication folks yeah and then and then of course that was the first time i worked with warbler because this was like right when warbler was coming out and so that was a whole new learning process on how to actually use warbler and manipulate it to how you wanted to to do the things you wanted to do so and and that one like that's Generally, when I go into a costume, like I have like this mental picture of what I want it to look like in my head when I'm done. And if I can get somewhere close to that, I'm like, good job, Melissa, A+. Plus. And Aelia is one of the very few that right off the bat where I didn't really have to go back and rework much of things that it, when I was done, it literally looked how I envisioned it in my head. So I was, I'm really proud of that one. That's one of the ones I'm most proud of because I was able to, you know, write out like, 100% it right off the bat. I didn't have to go back and rework it a bunch of times. So, but um, like other ones like Lilith, I have gone back and reworked that costume, I think four times before to see to where it is now. Um, and then Wizard from Diablo 3, that one I went back and I spent another two weeks on top of the initial build time to get it to what it looks like today. So, and I, I'm still making a prop for it. And here it is like a year and change later. <laughs> so, um, you know, like the complicated ones, I usually try to give myself one to two big complicated builds a year. And then the rest of stuff, I kind of just like, oh, there's a quick, easy costume I can wear for working booths and stuff like that or something fun to wear with friends. But I try it because otherwise they're too expensive and too time 
sucks, you know, and like, to me, it's important to keep putting out new content. And I don't, I mean, like, I, I'm not rich. Like I, you know, <laughs> we're, we, you know, we're like normal people. We live, you know, normal pay to check to paycheck sometimes. And so like, I have to really budget out how I'm going to spend money and how I'm going to buy and afford materials and stuff like that. So like if I would did a big project every single time, every other month, you know, then okay. I'm like, I'm not going to have the money for it. Little on the time, you know? So, so that's why when you see some cosplayers who just have crazy, incredible costumes every single time, if you look, you'll see they only build maybe like two, three costumes a year. Right. Uh, whereas some other people, you know, who just like are pumping out costume after costume after costume, they're much simpler, easier costumes that don't cost very much and don't cost much time wise. No, that, I mean, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, obviously we had another question kind of kind of related to that one, which is actually a little bit more specific variation of it is what is the most intensive makeup or hairstyle that you've ever done for cosplay? <clears throat> most intensive makeup is Lilith between the body paint and then the weird contouring stuff. Though I have a feeling that Marisol might beat her on that one. Um, I don't know yet. I haven't done a makeup test, so I don't know. Um, that one's probably the most intensive makeup Hairstyle, um, Borderlands 2 Lilith is, is a pretty intense hairstyle um, with the spikes and the different colors. Um, I Actually, Grace from Soulfire is a pretty intense hairstyle, not in terms of like shape, but she has rainbow hair. And I couldn't find a wig that had the colors in the right order that I wanted and, and all that jazz. So I actually took a white wig, white wig and hand dyed it. So I took apart Sharpies and made dye baths and sprayed it and like colored it. And then like some parts of it still didn't take. So I'm sitting there with a a Sharpie and literally coloring strand by strand each section of the wig to get the right color. Um, The Black Beast, which I've already mentioned a bunch of times, that one has a pretty intense hairstyle. I have like this whole entire styrofoam structure on my head, which has curls sewed on top of it and then more curls falling down the back with this veil and this other crazy stuff and that sits on top of my head on top of a wig that already is down past like down to my knees and ta- and then also with like these huge clipping extensions to make it even more volume of hair so that one's a pretty intense head like I, I literally I see myself when I looked at photos for the very first time I could see like my neck is like scrunching down into itself, creating like what I call a gobble. So that that weird patch of skin between like your chin and your neck, like like a turkey. <laughs> and like I could see, I call it a gobble. I mean, because mm-hmm. I don't like that weird flap of skin or that that pooch of fat. And so like since it was so heavy, um, that it it pushes down. And I can see really badly on me. So, but yeah, but those, those are pretty intense, pretty intense. So now we know what that's called. That's called a gobble. <laughs> so now I don't know what other people call it. I call it a gobble. So that's, no, that's what I'm calling it. Yeah. That's, I'm, yeah, no, yeah. I actually had a big question. Okay. okay. So there's been a technological, technological advance that's uh, probably affected your industry 
more than most up till now. And that I think is the 3d printer. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think 3d printing is in your future? And it, it, are you seeing a lot more 3d printed stuff and cosplay? Oh yeah. Um, 3d printing has made it so even people who don't know how to build props or armor or mm-hmm. guns or whatever it is, they have the ability to do it now if they know how to render. And and heck, there's places that you don't even have to know how to render them. They, they'll do it for you. Like you can go online. I forget what the name of the place is because I haven't really looked into it too much because I like building it. I like, I like scratch oh. builds a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but you can go on and you can get 3D printed pieces and they're already rented for you and you just pay you just pay a fee for like you know like the person who puts it off they'll be like oh, okay you know pay 10 bucks and you get the, this file and then you can take that file and you can go to a company and they'll print it for you and they'll ship it to yeah. you my um, factory yeah i think that's what yeah exactly that's what it's called um and of course you can buy 3d printer machines now like there's this really cool device which i would love to have it's called a Glowforge, and it not only 3d prints for you it laser cuts for you so yeah crazy right like crazy so um and just having those tools available to you is is insane like being able to just get on your computer render it and build build a model of it and send it to a printer like that's insane that is literally insane. Um, I remember the first time I heard someone three printed a whole armor set and I was just like, what? Wait, wait, you did what? <laughs> like I couldn't wrap my mind around something like, I mean, you print it. Like, what do you mean you printed it? Like, how do you print armor? You know? So um, the advances in that, like I would imagine in the next five years, like probably a, a, the majority of stuff you're going to see is people, 3D printing stuff. Like once that yeah. technology becomes more readily available and it gets cheaper, so it's a much easier for like the mass, you know, the masses to get a yeah. hold of. That you're gonna see it. Like I, I see a lot of guns, like a lot of prop guns. Um, like the contest I just de- judged like a couple weeks ago. Um, there was a Fallout guy who entered the contest and he actually modeled his guns. Um, and some of him modeled, some of them he didn't model, but he got them. They're all 3D printed. And there's, it's insane. Like, they had the 10 millimeter. They had the, the the laser one. I forget the name of it off the top of my head. But it's the longer one, like the laser rifle. And it looked really cool, you know? So, and then be able, and I'll, 3D printing, like, you do get the lines on it. So, you do have to mm-hmm. do some work on it. You have to, there's other, yeah, there's stuff sanding. that you can put on it. Some sanding. There's some products like um, Epsilon and stuff that you can put on it and that makes it smooth out, like some of resins and epoxies and stuff. So, um, but I mean, and it's really cool and I would love to get into it. I just don't have, I, I would be one of those people like, hey, 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 can you render this for me? Because I don't know how to do it. <laughs> you know, yeah. like to me, that is that is so sci-fi. I, I don't know where to begin with it. So, but laser it's, cutter. I want a laser yeah, cutter. It's actually, it's it's science fiction because it's taking everything we've known about manufacturing and flipping it on its head because everything up to this point has been, let's start with a big block of something. And then mm-hmm. let's cut it down, cut yeah. it down. It's all been subtractive. Let's keep cutting it down until we get it to where we want it to be. 3D printing is let's start with nothing and then let's put a layer 
let's put a layer and let's build it up till it's what we want it to be. It's like the exact inverse of all of our manufacturing up to this point. So, and it, right now it's, it's limited to a lot of cosmetic stuff, but I'm really, I I've seen stories where they've like tried to 3d print organs and uh, I've read about some yeah. of this too. Yeah. Like some of the yeah, technology that's I'm out. really excited to see how this stuff works out. Yeah. I saw this one. I know this is totally a tangent here, but I saw this whole entire article, read this article and watched this video about this guy who's actually making prosthetics for yep. people yep. to that are 3D printed and they fit them perfectly. And it's, and it's cheaper just, too. And, yeah. And then like we're able to revolutionize, we're able to give like, you know, homeless vets you know, a chance at being able to walk again. Well, and they're you know, also like, doing it for third world country kids who are you right. know, in war torn countries. They, that's mm-hmm. the, uh, the guys who are doing the do sex game. They're like yeah. doing a big, <clears throat> they're doing a big promote, <laughs> like promotional push for, um, cybernetics. And that was one of the guys that they, they actually sat down and talked with was because he, he not only revolutionized the entire 3d printing of limbs, but he revolutionized the way that the limbs interface with the host so that it mm-hmm. actually extends and is not it's not seamless because obviously you know you can't you can't quite manage that but it's nearly nearly like the guys that are getting these you know hands and stuff like that are just they're blown away and it's and it's 3D printed so they don't have to pay all the like super you know, expensive manufacturing and mm-hmm. measuring and Molding stuff like that. Cause it's like, he was explaining, he's like, yeah, I messed up on one guy. So he just printed it again. Like he, his, yeah. his materials are, I mean, it's not cheap, but it's nominal compared to yeah. the, the to. professional. And you know, if you mess up the yeah. measurements on that, it's like, Oh, sorry, that's going to be another, you know, $10,000. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah because my my son was one of those uh babies that had to have the little helmet to mm-hmm. fix his head and mm-hmm. uh it was literally like they took a 3D photo of his head with a bunch of cameras all the way around and then they like 3D modeled his head and then they started with this like fiberglass helmet and then they like shaved a little bit you know, and then they, they try to fit it and then they shaved a little bit. And I was like, now that I look at 3D printing, I'm thinking maybe you might could just 3D print the thing once. Yep. Well, I mean, especially and, with the 3D imaging and all that. I mean, they just yeah. take a picture, and pop it, it into a process. Grand yeah. to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, well, they take they take the picture and that's what Mel was saying with the rendering. They take that, pop it into the rendering software. It does all the calculations for you. Next thing yeah. you know, it, it's like, and it's just, it's going to town. And, you know, I don't know how long most 3D printers take, but it's not, you know, a, a day maybe Yeah, to print it out and shave it down. Yeah, it's 3D printing is, I mean, well, and, you know, there's another, there's another thing that's been introduced and we kind of, we kind of touched on this too at the beginning when we were talking about, you know, how we didn't, you didn't have the internet and all that, but social media, social media is, you know, revolutionized itself multiple times. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of people who have kind of, are kind of curious, you know, 
there's there's pros and cons to the way social media runs and for everyone kind of knows that but in what ways have has social media really changed you know the cosplay game and i think you're really in a good place, position to kind of actually speak to this because like you said you kind of came in before all the mm-hmm. the big you know instagram and google and all oh, these yeah. guys were really really big out there you know what what ways positive and negative also has social media changed cosplay um it's changed a lot um when i got into cosplay a lot of people communicated in the industry not wasn't even it wasn't even industry literally we were just a community and no one ever thought about ways to make money off of cosplay and maybe maybe the only one at the time was yaya yaya han's been around for a really long time mm-hmm. um she was a big name when i started cosplaying like 11 12 years ago um but at the time we communicated mainly through a <laughs> this is gonna sound so 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 a an email newsletter was how a lot of us communicated like that was the news like that's how you found out like what con happened here or this happened there and blah 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 that's how you found out about it um there was a huge like a lot of us resided on live journal um that was a huge like there's a lot of communities um live journal allowed you to have like small communities and stuff like that and so that's how a lot of us got to know each other too via the internet um cosplay.com was starting to come up during this time when i first started um they're not really a player really too much in the industry in like in in cosplay social media anymore um but at the time they were pretty big like they were they were the ones um deviantart was a pretty big one it still is to a degree and not as anymore Uh, like most cosplayers like you know, uh, that have been around a while. I have a deviant art and I occasionally update mine, but it's not something I'm active on. Like I used to be, um, my space was pretty big back in the day, like pretty big back in the day, but that was more, it wasn't mainly treated for like how cosplayers have cosplay pages. Now it was more of like just another way to like connect and talk with people and like share your photos. Um, what really started to revolutionize it was definitely Facebook. Like when Facebook came into the game, that was a huge game changer. Um, I remember having a Facebook when it was still only collegiate only, like you had to be in the university mm-hmm. to apply to Facebook. And um, I had it and I never even really used it, but then I started seeing more people use it that, you know, and then when they opened it to everyone and more people started using it. And when MySpace started to go out and, you know, Facebook started to come in, people started really using it. Um, and then now, now social media is not just a way to communicate anymore. Like live journal and stuff was it's, it literally is an industry all of its own. Like now, now I work hard to keep my social media following growing and, and get bigger and bigger because Unfortunately, a lot of conventions now, they want to see your numbers and they want to know how much of a potential draw you have for their convention. Um, And this is a good and bad thing. Um, It's it's because numbers really aren't a tall tale number of how talented someone is at making costumes or just 
how how well i mean it pretty much says like how good are you at, at marketing yourself um unfortunately how attractive you are um because i mean as, as much as uh cosplay i promote cosplay is for everyone and everyone should cosplay there is there is still this additive in society that stuff is based on your looks which is unfortunate but um you know obviously that's what you see a lot more girls in the cosplay that are quote-unquote cosplay famous than you do guys because if you think about who the market is you know that's i mean while females are becoming a dominant you know dominant but a a a more vocal and a predominant force in geek culture i would still argue that it's still more of a male culture than it is a female culture in the large scope of things Mm -hmm. like um it's changing it's changing pretty rapidly like it's not so it's not it's it's not as as you know it, i definitely think it's more like mm, 40 60 than it used to be like 80 20 you know so well it's n- it's getting close yeah, yeah i mean like i know numeric like straight up numbers i think it's actually closer to 50 50 is I think it now? It's, yeah, because I was just reading. Well, because you know we're really good friends with Bell and the Dames, and you know we we always are you know talking to them about stuff. And you know it's to me to me personally, it's always just been I don't really I I personally don't care. I mean if you're if you're good if you have a good attitude, you can you can game with us all you want. It's kind of always been the approach we've taken, and I know that's you know sadly a very very uncommon approach, but. I remember reading an article, I think it was like last, I think it was last year I was reading an article about how it's always actually been, like the argument that they were making was, it's always actually been like 50-50. It's just mm-hmm. that the female portion always had this this uh, unspoken understanding that their their views sadly didn't matter. Um mm-hmm. That makes that would make sense. And so they never spoke up, right? And so they so like the numbers have always been skewed. So it's always appeared that it's eighty twenty, but it's actually more fifty fifty. And you know, in some cases, especially with our generations and stuff like that, you know, it's actually almost even more heavily, especially if you you know, depending on what video games you consider to be video games and stuff like that, um, it's actually more predominantly female than male. Like uh, I think this article was saying, if you consider all games, which include mobile games and um, uh, what was it? I think it was handheld games, like you know Game Boys and you know your mobile phones and your tablets and your your Candy Crush, you know, which some some gamers will you know turn up their nose at that, but it's technically considered a game. Um, if you consider all those, you know, in the broad, broad scope of quote unquote video games, it's actually predominantly female population as opposed to the more common when people talk about video games, they tend to be like, no, we're just going to talk about first person shooters or, you know, whatever. And that always does just by the nature of the game, it does kind of tend to be more I, I hesitate to say masculine, but it, it tends to appeal more to a male crowd just because mm-hmm. of the the inherent nature of those games. So if you only measure that segment, of course your your numbers are going to be skewed. So right. it's, you know, but yeah, it, but- it, it's definitely people are becoming, I, I would 100% agree that people are becoming more uh, 
vocal about, which is awesome because it's, it's bringing, you know, more people into the community to discuss things and to, you know, just have fun. And I think that's, what's really cool about what you were saying about, you know, the, the quote successful cosplay is not something that is super fancy or super expensive. It's, did you have fun? Mm -hmm. Then you succeed. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I was trying to think what you actually, but social media. Um, yeah. So what, what ways? Social, <laughs> sorry, sorry. We got kind of a, no, it's yeah, fine. Um, we just, we, I, Cause we could totally, I would totally tree branch on this. Oh for yeah. Hours. It's, it's, it's a dangerous, <laughs> it's a, it's a dangerous tree branch to go out onto, but I think, you know, coming, well, and you know, coming from focus fire, you know, our community has been very, thankfully a very inviting community and you know you know the clan that i was with you know prior and that's always been we've always focused on you know if you can if you can come to the table and have a discussion maturely it doesn't matter what you are you can be a purple spaghetti monster for all i care if you can treat if you can treat people with respect, you could be Zer. Yeah. You know, you could have tentacles <laughs> on your face. If you can treat people with respect, you're welcome. He doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Zer's a bad example because he thinks that. Yeah. Anyway, it stop yeah. stop distracting me with lore conversation. <laughs> but but I mean, yeah, you know, and so from like from a female's perspective, because I have I I I have definitely have had. When I used to play Halo and other first-person oh, shooters, I had to mute myself yeah. because if they, they if they hear that I'm a girl, or if I wore pink, I remember when I I would I love pink, obviously. If I wore pink armor in my Halo character, oh, I was a target. They knew, especially like with a name like Wind of the Stars or whatever theme. You know, I you know something girls are gonna choose generally are gonna choose names that they like, and you know they tend to be obviously kind of girly sometimes, and and in. I felt like a target and I've had so many times guys I'd be wearing, especially be, I, I happens a lot more in video games. I don't know why I have no idea why I don't have this really happen with anime or too much of comic books, but always with video games, guys always try to fact check me, you know, especially if I'm wearing something like, um, um, like with borderlands and stuff. I happen a lot with borderlands mm-hmm. trying to like, see how much I actually know about borderlands. And then I start asking them questions and they don't know the answer. <laughs> Right, and, you know, and then it gets really awkward. Yeah, and I've gotten so. I've gotten pulled into a conversation with that, and I don't I don't get that. Like I I literally I mean, and this is obviously a complete tangent off of cosplay, but I, I guess it does tie into the cosplay because there's a whole culture that you know the the booth babes mm-hmm. term. Well, and and that is there are there are legitimate situations in which that that is the case. I, I get that, but at the same time. If you're not all cosplayers, you know, it's it's like a rectangle is a square, but not all squares are rectangles type situation in my mind. It's right. like there there are there are and I hesitate to use that term because it feels derogatory. But I mean, there are booth babes there. You know, mm-hmm. that is a facet of the business model that it does work, you know, for exactly what you were saying earlier about the the aesthetics of the attractiveness and all that, but that, mm-hmm. but 
at the same time to treat every single female who cosplays or every single, I mean, every single male, anybody who cosplays to treat anybody who cosplays as if they were, you know, a fake nerd, you know, air quotes or whatever, a fake, whatever fan. It's, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, probably preaching here a little bit but it's, it's disrespectful it, it's, it is. yeah it is. it is it's extremely arrogant on yeah. the part of the person I, who's yeah. projecting that honestly honestly i'm extremely tired of being treated like eye candy around here i mean it's not <laughs> my fault okay <laughs> what but it, but it's Why? just, it's I just, don't know. You I just, don't know. Are you, I mean, are you a fake gamer boy? Like, <laughs> let's be real. I'm a you booth boy. Yeah. I'm a booth boy. <laughs> I, and then I, oh God, I mean, this is always gets to be a tough subject because Where's there has, down? there has been instances where there has been mostly female, which is unfortunate, um, where they see like, Hey, if I if I dress sexy and I look, you know, I have a nice body and I'm confident in myself, and I say that I've been a gamer my whole entire life because you got to. Th- I mean, like, I, I think most of us that you know who are in our our early 30s or late 20s ex- kind of experience like, oh, if you like video games or comics and anime, you're really weird. You know, like now it's a much more socially acceptable thing to be into mm-hmm. those things. But mm-hmm. I know when I was growing up, like people looked at me weird, especially. Also, especially being a girl when you're supposed to like, oh, you're supposed to like like hair and like boys and like Team Vogue. Like, no, I don't like those things. Like, sorry, guys. Um, Team Vogue sucks. <laughs> I was a Cosmo girl. What are you talking about? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like, uh, the, and they, they, they see an opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, I, I, I love I love Jessica Negra on my heart, but she definitely had I, I feel really opened i mean her and yaya i think really opened the floodgate for people seeing people um going like hey being attractive pointing on you know being a a huge force in the geek community like i love games and stuff like that and i know just does just as amazing person Mm -hmm. and i I like yaya is a great person too and but they some people have seen what they have done and like oh i can i can do it i can fake it like i can totally pretend Mm -hmm. and then and unfortunately these one or two people that have done this that have been called out in the community now since they've 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 done this they now are kind of everyone's like a lot of people are on edge and kind of questioning anyone else like well are you trying to do that are you trying to be fake you're like no one knows who's who's real and who's not real and i think there's been like this whole entire this mentality of that since we've been so outcast for so long that there's been like now there's this gatekeeper type of mentality like mm-hmm. well you didn't let us in and now we're not gonna let you in type of thing which needs to be totally get like get rid of like there, there, yeah. there needs not be a gatekeeping mentality on fandoms like if someone likes it like you know i always get nervous about the star wars fandom because i like the movies I mean, I've read some of the, the stuff behind it. I've, you know, dabbled in some of like the books. You're and treading stuff, on but, thin ice. But okay, continue. Right. Yeah. So like, you know, exactly. <laughs> so, I am blue. Be quiet. Yeah. So like I, I haven't, I mean, I've played some of the games. I've watched a little bit of the animated series, but I haven't watched all the animated series. I haven't read all the novels. I haven't, mm-hmm. you know, I you didn't know, do that. Yeah. And so some, and if I, but if I found a character that I like 
and I wear that costume, I automatically get nervous that someone's going to test my knowledge and be mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, well, you don't know what this person said on this page in this chapter of this book in the extended universe. And I'm like, I don't know that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so like, and then, and then it kind of gets like this, like, oh, well, then now since you didn't pass my my gatekeeper question here, you are mm-hmm. now deemed fake person because we've seen all these other girls or guys do the same thing to try mm-hmm. to get ahead and make money off of us. We don't even make money off of our, what we do. What we, you know what I'm trying to say? Right. So, no, yeah. it's exact. And I mean, it's not just cosplay. I mean, I mean, stream, uh, we everywhere. just had this conversation everywhere. with yeah. Bife about his, mm-hmm. like when he launched his Patreon for, uh, to help support his artists. Like he's not even, you know, he, he kind of had the same conversation. He was like, it's not even yeah. for me. It's literally mm-hmm. to give to the artist. Like I'm not, that's what it's like, for. And he still got grief I, for it. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. still to, got time. I had to sit down with one of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, mean, it was- I, I, got, <laughs> I got flack for starting a Patreon, too. And I debated it on it for a really long time. And not, no one should have flack for starting a Patreon, though, because you're not forcing it on anybody. Well, and that's, and that's, right. always, exactly. that's always been my argument. It's like no one is holding a gun to anyone's head telling I, you that you have to pay I think people. a lot of... I think with a lot, a lot of people view, and, and it's just I feel like there's also this other weird layer in the cosplay community which needs to stop, guys, just stop it. That cosplay needs to be a hobby and always remain a hobby, and it can't change and grow and become an industry. I'm like, why? Like, why? Why does it matter if it changes? Like, what? I mean, now that it's becoming a quote unquote industry, look at all this cool stuff we have. Like you can go down to Joanne's yeah. and you can buy a pattern specifically for Wonder Woman now. You couldn't do yeah. that not even two years ago. Well, you know, I'm just like I, I don't I don't understand this mentality that if any person um I see a lot more in the cosplay community because that's where I'm I, I right. mostly am, you know, and you know, seeing that someone who wants to try to not take advantage, but like, hey, I have a skill, I have a skill set, I have knowledge, I want to sell that information. And so other people can better what they're doing. But they're like, oh, as soon as you start selling your type of information or your craft or your trade, you're immediately now betraying everyone because they're only mm-hmm. seeing this as a hobby. And how dare you turn a yeah. hobby into something where you make money off of? And I, 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 I don't get it. Well, and I've always <laughs> attributed it I always, I, I've always called it the starving artist syndrome, um, mm-hmm. because it's, it seems like, and Justin, I'll let you, I know you were, you had something, but I, I just wanted to throw this out here <laughs> because it, this is actually a conversation I've had with a number of people in streaming, um, because there's the same thing in streaming and YouTube. The instant that money is introduced, people in, in the, I guess, I mean, it's technically entertainment it's an entertainment industry. That's what it is. I mean, to be, let's just call a spade a spade. It's entertainment and it is an industry. So anyone who's refusing to acknowledge that you're just, you know, your head's in the sand, but it seems like for some odd reason, the instant that someone and you, you hit the nail on the head for my mind is as soon as, as soon as someone's like, you know what? I have a skill that's marketable. I want to, make money off this because guess what? I have to eat. I have to feed people. I, you know, I have a life that I need to live. I have equipment that I need to buy to do this hobby that I like doing. But I mean, as soon as 
money is entered into it, things just go sideways for people who are viewing it. And it's a really weird, it's a weird phenomenon because people who are extremely talented in my mind have a skill and I don't see any problem in someone who have a, who has a skill marketing that. Now mm-hmm. there are, there are, gray lines you know we can go into morality all we want and there are morals business and personal that you know we could disagree and agree and you know have that hashed out to the nth degree but the basic premise of that is that's that's consumerism if i have a skill mm-hmm. you're you're marketing it regardless of if you're getting paid or not because if you think about it any attention that you get is a form of payment when you market it on social media, that is networking. Networking is a marketing ability. If you grow an interest in you, you know, in YouTube and Instagram and all these other sites have actually kind of ingeniously given away for content creators to make money without really making people aware, you know, the ads on YouTube. If you pull up a YouTube video and there's an ad playing, that content creator, if they've monetized that, which most of the time, if there's an ad plane they have, they're getting a little bit of a kickback. Now, it's not a significant amount like a Patreon, but it's like, why Why is it, why does it suddenly become a moral issue? And this is, this is a like, rhetorical question that I've always had is, why is, you know, if I look at product one, and it's the exact same product as product two, but product one is, is quote, free, and product two has an artist who has a Patreon on the side. Why does that instantly make product one better? And I, I don't, I don't have the answer to that because it's just a weird fun. Because to me, it's they're the same thing. It's just one is actually being more honest in my fine in my mind. <laughs> the one who's saying, "Hey, this this takes time and money to put together, and if you like it and you want more of it, could you help?" Like, I, I mean, I don't know. Justin, save me from going down further this tangent road that I'm on. <laughs> save you, I will, from this tangent road you are on. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. That was an awesome sentence. <laughs> that was an awesome sentence. Yeah, I, 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 I honestly, I, I really don't get it. And the only reason I debated upon specifically patreon is because of there's so much a negative backlash and i and the more i thought about it, it's like well i'm not forcing if someone wants to help what i you know wants to support my craft and wants to support my art great you know that allows me to be able to put out more more streams like being able like recently like the reason i've been able to stream is because of people's generosity and helping support what I do, you know, like I want to be able to stream if that wasn't available and people have been coming into the stream and really enjoying it, you know, and now I'm doing, I'm going to start doing a whole entire YouTube series and stuff like that. And, you know, people keep asking for all this different content and like as much as I would love to give it all for free. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I do have a mortgage to pay for. I do have a car to pay for Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And if like, there, there's a point to where either I need to either stop giving all this content and start charging a little bit to some people who want to, you know, participate in that. Like, I'm not forcing you, you know, or I don't, I just stop. I just stop altogether, you know, and like, if I have the opportunity in my life to 
pursue something I'm extremely passionate about. I get to be creative and artistic and people are willing to help make that dream a reality for me, then, then why not? You know, like I hope to get to a point where I can return the favor on so many other artists and creators and crafters and streamers and whatever it be and be able to go in there and like, Hey, you know what? You're, I love your stream. Here's 50 bucks today. You know, like if I, if, when, if, if I hope not, if I'm going to say when, because I'm going to be a positive thinker right now, when I get to that point, I, I want to be able to return. And I think, you know, being able to, to share, to share that and just help the whole community grow. Cause being a, like being able to do that, you're lifting up the community as a whole, you know, like right, being yeah, negative right. and just saying, Oh, poo poo on you for doing that. Like, that's just, that just brings everyone down. It brings you down. It brings everyone else down. It gets yeah. breeds negativity and we don't need any more negativity help. Bring everyone up. Support that artist. What does it matter to you? You can't tell other people to spend money, you know? So, but, but, but like in what, back to the social media in general, like being, having a social media obviously gets you, gets your name out there more. People see your work a lot more. Um, me being, being as lucky as I have been with social media and growing it to where I have gotten it. I've actually, not just conventions, I've had been able to do, uh, paid gigs for companies and for other video games and stuff that approached mm-hmm. me and I say, hey, well, based on my numbers for social media, because social media is an industry now, like people pay for influencers. Like there's that's actually it's a thing. Like you are a brand influencer. Mm-hmm. And you know, I can say like, well, based on my numbers, this is how much it's gonna cost for me to post about your company and your brand on my my page, you know, and stuff, or mm-hmm. my page or my account or social media. And that's just another revenue stream for me, you know? So um, it's, it's on the bad side of social media. Like we kind of just kind of oh, a little yeah. bit touched on it, but like on the social media, of course there's, there's always going to be trolls. There's, there's trolls everywhere, you know, like there's always mm-hmm. going to be people who are going to poo poo on you because, you know, I, 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 I can, I cannot continue. I cannot go into how many awful names I have been called under the sun <laughs> on social media. Um, Who did between... it? <laughs> oh, I, 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 I don't know. I try, I try to go. No, I just, no, I think you, you do. Think... I can hear it. I can hear no, your voice. There, we'll talk. We'll talk post show. A few, a few cool. years ago, there was a bad incident with 4chan that I almost stopped cosplaying altogether. Cause it was people him. that, it was people that I knew, but it was just, you know, like, but, I, I think it's more breed and jealousy that, you know, mm-hmm. that at least in my mind, that's how I have to rationalize it because I'm like, I, I can't imagine anyone being this visceral every day. Like why, why would yeah. you want to be this awful of a person every yeah. day? And I just have to justify in my mind, like, well, maybe they're just in a really bad place and they wish they could do this. And they're just like not happy with either how they look or what they are doing in their life or whatever the reason may be. And so they have to lash out at me, you know? So like, it, you know, it so, sucks, but at the same time, as much as I wish the world was full of sunshines and rainbow, that's just the nature of being. Uh, I'm, I, I hate to say I'm a public figure because I don't like to see it that way. No, but you know, like once just you've topped, out there. once you've topped a thousand Twitter followers, you're a public figure. figure. Yeah, I'm sorry, I guess. You're there. You're there. You know, it's just, it's just. I, I think it's just the nature of the beast being out there at such a level, you know, being mm-hmm. so exposed, you know, um, and you just, you just, 
you know, a lot of it, you just, you just got it. You build a, you build a dragon skin, unfortunately, you know, mm-hmm. um, you just kind of have to start letting stuff not bother you. And for me, um, like I mentioned that 4chan incident, I don't go to those sites anymore. Any site yeah. that is just a, a breeding ground for hate or like, oh, this person did this. Nope, not doing it. Don't read the comments on random stuff like Kotaku. <laughs> Rule one of the uh, internet. Don't read, yeah, the, read comments. the comments. Don't read, Don't read the, the comments. comments. You know, I read the comments on my social media pages, <laughs> Instagram and stuff. And I will police it like if someone starts being mm-hmm. really mean to me or to someone that is in my photo. I go, this is your th- now. Actually, I've gotten to a no warning policy. I just kind of said, like, if you're going to be a dick, you're out. I'm sorry. You're done. Mm-hmm. Bye. You know, so. um and I've had a, a lot of people come to me and ask me, like, how do you deal with, all, you know, people saying bad things about you on a, on yeah. a continual basis? And unfortunately, I, I, the way I, I, I don't have a specific answer, but what has worked for me is just kind of almost put blinders on to a degree, degree mm-hmm, yeah. you know, focus on your, your communities, like your Twitch community, your Patreon community, your own Facebook community, you know, the, the, the areas that you have grown, like those are your safe spaces for putting yourself out there on the internet. Um, don't go to those other places. Don't read the comments because that's just like, that's like, that's like going down the back street alley of that really bad part of town that you probably shouldn't go down, but you're really curious, mm-hmm. like, don't do it. Like, it's a bad idea. Um, and folk just, just focus on what it is you love. Like if it's creating yeah. costumes, focus on that, put all your energy and everything into that. And don't like, just because, you know, like people call me, I, I get called fat and overweight all the time on the internet. And now what? I just kind of, <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, I get called thick version all the time. Like the the, the uh, uh, diva, I get called thick diva like consent continually. <laughs> I need I need names. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like I mean, I I mean, of course, I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes it, it does bother me. Sometimes I go, oh man, I shouldn't have eaten that McDonald's, or I shouldn't have drinking that. But you know. I, it's I, I try to really hard to focus like you know just just keep focus on your craft people are gonna like you for what you do and if they don't like you fine then they don't like you you can't please everyone and that is such a hard skill and mentality to adopt that even after so many years I still have a hard time going you no. know just just focusing on stuff you know so but you know when someone's life is so toxic that they feel the need to spread it to the little, you know, the little corners that the tendrils of their little cancerous existence touches <laughs> on a daily basis, then you just can't stop them. I mean, haters going to hate, right? T Swift. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. It's just, oh, that's, that's, I mean, that's all like, literally you do you. I mean, that's, that's all. I can't believe people say mean things to you. You're so, you're so awesome. <laughs> I don't know. I, I they do. I mean, I I don't know people. I, I mean, don't know. People, people say mean this. things to me, but I suck. <laughs> you don't suck. <laughs> you might blow a little bit, but you know. <laughs> oh, 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 that's rough. So right here, from within the podcast, the call came from within. 
It's inside the house. <laughs> no, that that's that's a love. That's a term of endearment, Justin. <laughs> Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> okay, so I've actually got one more question. Okay. It's a little bit of a doozy, and I want to get off. We got we got a little bit too real. We got real talk, and I don't like where this conversation went. It got, real it got too real too um, quick. Yeah, it got too real. It was like an episode of Oprah where she was talking about like really lighthearted stuff, and all of a sudden, just boom, she's going to talk serious. I don't like that. <gasps> so does that mean, Oprah. are we at the part where she goes, and you get a prize, and you get a prize, and you get a prize? Are we at that yes. part now? Yes. Yeah, we're back to that part. We were right. on like the part where she just goes pedophiles and then she like <laughs> talks about that. But now we're back on the she's giving away stuff. Yes. She's giving away bed, bath, and beyonds. And All she's right. like Mama needs a new debate cover. Let's go. Stuff. Yeah. Um <laughs> if uh so this is like a complete um this is a complete hypothetical, and I want you to think outside the box on this one. If Money and time weren't a consideration. And we're talking perfect world, perfect resources. Um, What's the cosplay that you would most like to try? Like the one that you always kind of think about would be perfect, but God, that's an undertaking that you would do if you were just, if you had a genie. (laughs) She didn't even have to think. (laughs) What'd she say? Mass Effect 3 armor. Oh, that would be good. Let me explain. Let me explain why. So in my in my perfect realm of perfectness, not only would I I I want I want to make the armor with actual like sculpt it, mold it, cast it in actual carbon fiber, like it is in the game. <laughs> right? 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 And have it all lit up actually make the omni blade like how like i've seen people do it i have no idea how to do it but i've seen it done where they take the acrylic and they're able to etch it and then edge light it so it actually looks like an oh blade. yeah like, i've seen that yeah it's That's it's insane and <laughs> the creme de la creme that i actually work out so i'm buff like commander shepherd that is my plan it will not happen, but it is. <laughs> I have seen, I've seen your shepherd. You're pretty, pretty, pretty strong shepherd. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I'll give you the face game, but I'm talking like, I want to be able to drop and give like 50 pushups at a drop of a hat. I want to be able to run nine miles and not, not fret. I, 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 I want abs. Of steel. I want those reapers to see my abs and go home crying. <laughs> nice. In my mind, that's what Commander <laughs> Shepard would have. In my mind. <laughs> I don't know if that's what she would actually have. So, but but in my mind, that's that's my I that's my vision of of Shep of Commander Shepard. Nice. Okay. Just lots of crunches. Just lots, lots of crunches. Yes. I I, lo- I love Mass Effect. I I abs- I adore Mass Effect so much. Like it is it is it is up there. So it's they're they're up in in the in the top tier of Mel Land's awesome video games of awesome games of all time of awesomeness. We have <laughs> <laughs> we nice. have we have Borderlands, we have Destiny, and we have Mass Effect. Like those those up there are the ones. Yes, yes. 
Mass Effect hit me in the feels. I I had emotional problems for at least a week where I would just start <laughs> thinking about things and like, see, I'm getting like upset thinking about it right now. I just like, I, I can't. <laughs> that was an emotional experience. That was an emotional part of my time in my life when I play Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yes. So, but yes, Mass Effect 3 armor. However, now that Andromeda is coming out next year, cross fingers that they're actually going to keep to it, that that might change. I might see that Andromeda armor in like full regal and just be like, yes, that, that, that right there. That but, is the one. But I don't, I don't think anything will ever, could ever top Shepard in a video game. Like the character Shepard and that that experience that you have playing as your Shepard, however way you decided to play, like that is such, like you literally, I I don't know how they did it, but it literally felt like I that was my experience in my like that it's I can't even articulate. Look, at, I have no words. I can't speak. So, nice. but yes. <laughs> well, yeah. I hope I hope that dream comes true for you. Maybe the armor part. I don't know about abs of steel scaring away reapers, but um, I can dream, right? <laughs> oh, oh this, whatever you put your mind to, it's possible. Justin, let's be honest. I really like cheeseburgers and french fries. <laughs> <laughs> and I really like Dr. Pepper. And I really like sitting on my couch and playing video games. So I, I'm with you on all of that. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be pretty crazy to, like, go from that to, like, gym rat status. I don't think that will happen. <laughs> uh, well, you know, you know, squad goals, you know, we can yeah. we can maybe get, like, a team team workout goals thing. If I do, Dude. if I do 100 sit-ups, then the Blue's got to do some push-ups. And then... <laughs> Then he hands the baton over. Dude, you know what I mean? Squad goals. Are we talking squad about goals. throwing in a Rex and a Garrus into this? Because then I might die. I literally might die. Like <laughs> if I cosplayed Shepard and I had a a a on point Rex and Garrus, I probably would like emotionally break down because I would be so happy. <laughs> well, that would be kind of out of character, but okay. <laughs> It will be behind the scenes. It will be one of those moments where, like, she's having a moment with Garrus, and they just got done doing what they do, and um, there's the emotional moment. Um, That would happen. (laughs) Garrus is my space boyfriend. Don't judge me. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. I'm cool with that. (laughs) I can accept that. (laughs) So, uh, Blue, you got anything else? No, I think I mean that that really really actually covered most of what we had. I mean I, yeah, I think that actually I think we hit pretty much everything. So well at least everything so. that we, we had as far as questions from chat and you know the general theme of where they <clears> wanted. <throat> I think we had a couple random tangents in there that were good though. They were relevant. I think they were. Or at least they appeared to be at the time. Right? Yeah? Yeah. I'm going to still say they're relevant. Okay, fair uh, enough. We're going to go with that. Positive thinking. Positive thinking. Yes. So, Justin, we good to go to shout-outs? 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's let's, let's rock it. Let's let Mel take the seat, the the conch first. Oh man, you're making me do this like, first. I don't like that you put it that way. <laughs> Says the man who invented it. <laughs> um, or started using it. I guess the first thing it, I want to say is words. Um, no, the first thing I thank you guys. Every time I, you guys have me on the show, I am very, very honored um, that you guys let me into your nice little lore chat community thing and being able to do other stuff. I really, I love talking to you guys and chatting about cosplay or overwatch or destiny, especially destiny. (laughs) So um, being able to be on, on the the chat show podcast thingamajiggy here um, is a lot of fun. And I, I I really appreciate being on it. Um, Normal stuff through those who are listening to this um, and don't know my work and uh, want to check me out. Uh, I go by the handle wind of the stars. Um, I'm sure blue would be really awesome and put a, a link to something on there, but you can pretty much Google links. that. All the links. All the links. Um, so I'll be on the, all the links on the, on the thing. Um, but you can also Google and you can find me. So um, if you guys are interested about learning how to do crafting stuff, um, I have an awesome Patreon that has a lot of information. Um, I'm starting a new YouTube thing soon. And then, of course, my website has a bunch of free tutorials on how to do stuff, too. So, um, yeah. And then if you make costumes, please share them with me because I love seeing your guys' creations. Um, but, yeah. And I hope to see some of you guys at a, a show someday and come say hi. And we can geek out about destiny (laughs) nice blue go ahead well i just wanted to give a big shout out to the actual chat because as usual we derive everything that we talk about from the chat like everything that we've discussed came from a number of people uh you know the ones that are very prominently in my mind and Forgive me if I misremember anybody here is Rhino666, Reverend Cook, Green-Eyed Music Lover, Coed Beast, and Silver Loki. Um, you know, for for this episode alone, those were the primary contributors of questions. And, you know, we we do the same thing with our our normal weekly podcast. Those are those are recaps of the the chat that we have. And what that means is without that community and without that chat we i mean we would probably be able to put something together but it really is based off you guys and so i think that you know again shout out to you guys the that is the the entire that's that's what makes this entire experiment of ours if you would so much fun is watching what ideas we come up with in our in our spin foil lounge and what annoyingly head desk worthy theory Payan is going to be involved with next. So thank you. Justin, you get yeah the thing that you I don't want me to, to say. Yeah. No, I really would like to thank Mel for being on again. Uh I think it's awesome um to have her on every single time. But even even more special to hear her get to talk about what she does, which I think is, is amazing. Uh, for me, it's, it's cosplay has always been kind of like a, like a fringe element. I haven't known a lot about, but social media has really changed it to where actually I get to see now I get tweets of people cosplaying my favorite characters from video games and movies. 
And uh, it's very much become one of the things I look forward to most um, when I'm actually like kind of searching through social media. So uh, thank you so much, Mel. And also Charmy Sweets. Uh, mm-hmm. I hope you feel better. And uh, sorry yes. you didn't make it on. Yeah. That um, is and double. actually, Mel, just, just, so, just so we all know, how do we find Charmy? Um, she goes by Charmy Sweets is her handle. Pretty much everything. Um, I, I can, uh, I'll send Blues the information so okay. they can find Sarah as well. She goes, her name's Sarah, but she goes by Charmy. I think so, Charmy's, she's really cool. She just, I think she's in the chat mm-hmm. too. In our Discord I think chat. so. I think oh, cool. so. I think, I think we pulled her in. Um, but she's really cool because, um, a lot of, I'm sure maybe some of you guys are familiar with uh, DPD's videos. Like he's the Deadpool that goes around mm-hmm. and does a lot of the videos. Um, she, the the videos where they're songs and they're like cosplay songs, like the words have changed. She's actually the one singing those songs. So oh, cool. Yeah, she's pretty cool. I like her. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, I hope I hope you feel better, Charmy. Um, and I'd also like to give a big shout out to everyone who's kind of braved my live streams the last couple of weeks. Um, I've had a lot of technical issues and I've had some great, some great people stuck around and try to help me with them. Um, Hurt Chain, Pins Halo, Dr. Nimbus. Uh, I, I can't think of everybody, but Alt, um, Blue. Kashin, thank you. Blue. God. <laughs> Blue. Blue. Wow. Wow. You're the kind of guy who buys his own Father's Day present, aren't you? Just couldn't wait for me to Sorry. say it. Sorry, um, I couldn't, couldn't help myself no. on that one. No, and yeah. So anyways, uh, just so you all know, and you're not all scared away, I think I may have fixed the echo. We'll see Friday. Um, but, and then my last shout out oh, God. Is, is to haters. <sighs> <clears throat> I don't know who you are. <laughs> oh, no, no. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills I've acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. <laughs> if you leave Mel alone now, that'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you, but if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you and I will kill you. I won't really kill you just so I will, I will just flame you. I'll post really aggressive emojis. Hey, aggressive emojis can be pretty damaging to your soul. Oh man, they cut like a knife. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They do. A hot one. <laughs> That's dull. So the moral to that story is don't 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 be a Richard. Um <laughs> okay, Blue. <laughs> oh my god. Well, with that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Links to all our sites can also be found with our episode archives over on www.focusfirechat.com. Thank you again to Mel for spending your evening with us to talk about cosplaying. We really appreciate the uh, just the awesome, candid discussion about everything that goes on, you know, behind the scenes of that that avenue. 
So thank you very much for spending that time. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me again. Thank you. And please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any feedback or questions concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback on iTunes or through email as well. Also, be sure to check out our, our partner podcast within the Guardian Radio Network over on the guardiansofdestiny.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright. <laughs>